You are now listening to High Five the Podcast, a movie podcast for people who like other stuff too. Now let's join our hosts Q and J as they broadcast live from the writer's room. The show starts in one... Zelda and Link. Is that they're really young? Is that they're really, is that they're really young? <laughs> is they're you can, really young? You can connect with them when you're a young kid playing those games. It's 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 fun. So as soon as we get done, that's that's what I'm gonna go. You do. make them play that game. Can they do Whoopi like The Sims? No, not yet. But then again, The Sims couldn't really do Whoopi either. It was sort of. It was. It's just it like. Was, it was and they like dance around. It was teasing. It was almost like when. Uh, it's almost like when you heard that there was a, a a cheat code in Tomb Raider where she would walk around the mansion naked. Right. But it really just looked like her in a skin suit. Like, right. It, there's no there's no nothing. It was just like. Nah. This isn't as good as I'd imagined. <laughs> yes, yeah, it really doesn't. It just it just looks like um, it looks like a, a bastardized version of the new. Uh, not Aeon Flux. What's the new Scarlet? Oh, uh, Ghost in the Shell. Yeah, Ghost in the Shell. Where, where it's just not, like a a flesh colored suit with yes. no like discernible like, sexual markings. She's not like nude, but the advertising is like she could totally be nude. But if she's you not. imagine nipples and imagine a vagina, hard. imagine really hard. <laughs> Otherwise, it just looks like a naked Barbie Which doll. Which is pretty much just the marketing for that movie so far. Is like Ghost in the Shell. You remember the anime? Scarlett Johansson's almost nude in this. Yeah, or, see or it, please. it is. It is Imagine Hard. It's like. Imagine if Scarlett Johansson were Asian. <laughs> just yeah. imagine hard. Just imagine. Uh, right. Um, or an extra on like Game of Thrones or something. <laughs> Shame. 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 I imagine in the next, when I see Ghost in the Shell, I'm just going to walk out of the theater going, Shame. 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 I spent money for this? Why? Why? I understand. Oh, so what are we talking about today? I forget. Uh, I honestly don't even know. I don't what even doing. remember. Uh, we are doing, this is a TV episode. Oh, yeah. So we're TV talking episodes. good TV series, shitty endings. Right. Okay. And I do want to clarify one thing because this is a top five podcast. One of the things I pride us on is that there's, it's so, counting. Many, well, counting? there's so many people out there that just shit on movies all day long. Uh-huh. It's like, hey, let's make fun of this or let's point out the flaws right. in this or let's be overly critical and, you know... Movies are fantastic. Movies are supposed to be enjoyed and loved, and even the bad ones usually have things to point out. So totally. I'm, I'm very adamant on keeping us a positive podcast for people who just love movies as much as we do. Definitely. And television. Yes. So when we were talking about the worst series finales, we had to find a way to make it an actual top five so we can talk about good things. Yes. So it's the the worst finales to, to good the best series. shows. Yes. So... It's not like not tear not that eighty show not right. awful television show. Hey hey hey! That eighty show was a, a <laughs> seminal classic yeah. in many people's upbringings. I, All eleven episodes of it. Wings is never going to be on either of our lists. It, there's no going to be no unless one there's a list of show favorites of my heart. And then there's going to be no one that mentions the American remake of IT Crowd. Just that's not going to happen in this episode. We're talking about back it up. Was that a thing? Oh, you don't know about this? No. Okay. You know the IT crowd from yeah, BBC. Oh, very well. Fantastic. Turn it show. off, turn it back on again. They made an American version of it that starred Joel McHale and Richard Ayoday. Richard Ayoday playing the same character. There was one episode, it was a pilot, and it's on YouTube. What? Have you watched it? Yeah. Is it funny? It's awful. Really? It's really, really bad. 
How, when was this? Because years ago. was this like pre-community? Pre-community. Joel this was like what Joel McHale did, like pre-community. <laughs> it was during his pilot season before uh, Community got picked up. Oh yeah, I would encourage everyone to go. I want to watch this U.S. American IT Crowd remake pilot, and you can find it on YouTube and watch the whole that, like, twenty-five minutes of I'm it. I'm so into it. The whole that I means okay. the whole episode for reels. Excellent. Well, I I don't know where to go from there. That's I, it, guys. I know where we need to go. We need a high five, and then we need to talk about TV finales that didn't live up to the greatness of their shows. Bring it in. Bring your hand to mine. Oh, I want Ready? to touch. I want to touch, touch it. High five. Should we high five? High five. High five. High five. High five. High five, son. Woo. High five. Don't leave me hanging. So, in, ex- during finish the, explaining this to me. During the break, we just I showed you clips of the unaired pilot for the IT crowd, the American version. And... It's as awful as I described, right? Yeah. like it's, Except for Richard Aode. Who is always great. But the thing is, he had crafted that character over a bunch of series in, sure. in Britain. What I think the main flaw in it is, is legitimately they use the exact same script from the BBC pilot to the American pilot. One, as we talked about, Joel McHale is nowhere near schlubby enough to play that character. No. He's too inherently cool. Yes, he really, really is. And another problem is that they saw the success of The Office, and I 100% blame it on this, because The Office did just take the script from the BBC pilot and bring it over and do it in America, and they changed some of the pop culture references. Sure, and it worked. And it and it worked because of the characters. that Michael Scott felt different than David Brent. Sure. Um. And that's why it worked is because they actually felt like well-rounded people, well-rounded characters. I also think it had a lot to do with the casting. You know I, what I mean? cannot agree enough. And that was why The Office worked. But then they tried to do that a whole bunch more by bringing British series over and just redoing their pilots. And it wouldn't work because it has to be the perfect cocktail of actor and character. And Blech. while I love Joel McHale... Community is one of my favorite shows, as you know, and we talked about it in our last TV episode. For sure. He really feels like he's just performing a script. He's not a character. Oh, he seemed very uninterested. Yeah. He is just the character from Britain being said by... He's he's doing a parody of someone else, and it feels like a parody. Absolutely couldn't agree more. So, so yeah, so that's so a shitty television that series. That was a shitty television series and a shitty finale to a television series. Yeah, all in one. It was the, it was the pilot one. and finale. It was the pilot and finale. And for our purposes today, what we wanted to do was go back through television shows that are really, really good. Sure. That just sort of went out with a whimper instead or, of the a bang that they needed. Now, I will also throw out there, too, that um, these t- TV series sometimes, and I know I have at least got one on my list, where it wasn't just the finale that they went south on. We might they, share a they, couple on They that. might have started <laughs> heading south towards the end of the run. There's a couple on my list where one of my notes is, the show went on two seasons too long. <laughs> for sure, for sure. But also, so, you know, we would be doing a disservice if we didn't talk about it to begin with, but television series as a whole, let's go ahead and preface it by saying, are very subjective viewing. Oh, They're, sure. You know, you and I, while... Similar in our tastes on a lot of things. We both have shows that we watch religiously that the other does not watch or is not interested in. Right. Um, so now I will say, though, to clarify that point, I don't think there are any shows that you 
adamantly love that I just loathe. There are some that I, just I agree. don't watch or haven't gotten around to really taking in the breadth of. Sure. But I don't loathe them. Like, you don't love a show that I'm like, that's the worst show that's on television. <laughs> sure. What about Real Housewives of uh, Orlando? That is the worst show that is on television. Okay. Well, I so, love it. Okay. So We're not going to talk about that today. Right. That show's still going on, right? Uh, yeah. So of okay. So all, there's no finale to talk all about. All of the Real Housewives. And I can, I can say for sure on my list, there is no reality television anywhere to be spoken of. I've... I got an idea for you and me down the road. Okay, What's we're gonna that? have some fun. Uh, we're just gonna we're just gonna tease the audience that you know po- podcast idea. Maybe. Okay. I think that might be kind of fun. Uh, I would get into it, but I've sort of taken us down a little bit of a path, and I'm realizing now we haven't introduced ourselves or the show. So, Q, take us away. Well, I'm Q, as you just said. Uh, this is High Five, the motherfucking podcast that right. people. We had to censor the title for the URL because, uh, you know, people don't like that. And also, kids can't listen. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, they can listen because yeah. fucking they, kids. They shouldn't. Come on. I don't even let my kids. Listen. Right. Uh, your kid. <laughs> your kid, your other illegitimate, illegitimate too as well. Uh, so, yeah, this is High Five, the podcast. Uh, I'm Q, as always, joined by Jay. Hello. Uh, and we're here to talk at you about things that we may or may not know anything about. You know, may, I know a lot about them. May, Let me put that out there. Mainly, you may or may not know. I know a lot. Mainly podcast. I mean, maybe podcast <laughs> See, related. Right off the bat. You don't even know what the <laughs> yeah, show is. I don't even know what we're doing. Uh, mainly pop culture related stuffs. So uh, we started out in our first season as just doing a movie, top five movie right. lists. But people uh, clamored for more. They did. They were like, give us more. You're just giving us the tip, and we want the shaft and balls as well. So uh, in the interest of putting our balls in you, we're talking about television. <laughs> that's right. We're, we're really just trudging forward. Um, so, yeah, so that's who we are. This is what we do. And if you're listening to this show, God help you. God help you. Now, uh, as always, we'll be going through our top fives. We'll be explaining about them, having good discussions. Um, <laughs> or maybe not good as, discussions. As I always like to do, I do have a few honorable mentions for this list. Off the top, before you even start on your list. Yeah. You're just like, I want to halt the the show. I want to talk about we got to talk about honorable mentions. Yes. All right. And my we'll honorable go for mentions it. are some that may or may not be divisive. All right. Um, but one of my honorable mentions that I just didn't put on here is Quantum Leap. <laughs> Mainly because the show quality could be brought into question uh, very heavily. Yeah. But the reason I'm bringing it up is because the ending of that show was so awful. It was, it's super bleak. It's super bleak, and you can just tell it is wrought with production problems. Basically, they thought they were getting renewed. Yep. They didn't get renewed. The television station or the the network just didn't air two episodes that they had filmed, mm-hmm. and they ended one episode with the a black screen yeah. that said, Sam Beckett never returned home. Yeah, text. <laughs> with text. <laughs> two things about that. One, the entire point of the show is about him getting home. Sure. So the fact that he never gets home, complete downer. Right. The second thing, and this is my favorite thing, they misspelled Sam Beckett. Yeah, I've on seen the title this. Card. Yeah, amazing. Holy hell. Like, the, what a way to end. A, people love that show. Sure. I don't know where they are, but people <laughs> loved that show. And for that to be just sort of, a, it was one of the biggest fuck you endings ever. 
Oh, yeah, because they're like, yeah. much like me, they're like, I don't even know what fucking show this is. We didn't even, we didn't even copy check this. Like, no one even looked Nobody at this. Nobody cared. We didn't reference the script. Didn't matter. There was no autocorrect. The janitor spliced it into the episode. <laughs> it, really, it was like an intern. They're like, hey, Chadwick, take Just this, fucking... make this title card. We're going to plop it on the end of... Uh, this this episode and we're just gonna go home. Everyone can. You know, Everybody's fired. <laughs> and then we're just gonna sell a bunch of Quantum Jump on DVD and see if everybody <laughs> likes it. So, so that's an honorable mention, mainly just for how ridiculously ill ill planned it was. I love it. Um, and my other one is divisive because for me, I don't think it's a good series finale, but I know people who do love it, and it's Roseanne. Okay. Roseanne is a that one is a fantastic show. It is a staple of American sitcoms. It was sort of took the idea of real families on television to the next level. Honestly, I mean, obviously, we got people like John Goodman from it and uh, Galecki, and there are a lot of people that came from that show that still work today. Now, do you know the ending? Have you seen the end of uh, Roseanne? Yeah. Okay. So you kind of know where I'm going with this. Yeah. And. Just off the top, this episode is going to be completely filled with spoilers. Sure. So if you don't want some of these good shows spoiled for you, you might just stop listening right now. And I hate to say that because I don't want you know the, our one listener to stop listening. Sure. But we're going to be spoilers all over the place. So back to Roseanne. At the end, at the very beginning of the final season, I think it was the final season, John Goodman's character has a heart attack, recovers, and then the show goes on sure. as normal. The very end of the series is basically showing that Roseanne lied and was a novelist and wrote the last series as a book. And John Goodman's character dies. Her sister is actually a lesbian. Her daughters are married to the different people that are in the show. And everything is different, and she's this successful novelist. And for me... That completely takes me away from the point of what that show was supposed to be. It sure. was about this real working class, struggling family being authentic in front of you. Sure. And I know Roseanne's character always wanted to be a writer, so it's a nice wrap-up for her. But for the viewers and for everybody else in the show, it just felt wrong. All right, well, me. I'm going to go ahead and... That's my number two. Is it really? <laughs> yeah. So I I'm fucking so, hate doing these honorable mentions. I'm so sorry because that... <laughs> because me. that was such a fucking in-depth discussion of <laughs> of my number two. <laughs> They're like, what the fuck do I have to talk about when that comes around? Well, we can so yeah, about- we'll just talk about it right now. So, all right, guys, we're going to do the list a little differently today. Well, I mean, we can talk about what you liked about it when we get there. I, I didn't have- like it. This is bad oh. endings to oh, good yeah. shows. Right. And you just gave the exact <laughs> reason. You're like, this is why the show show was really good and then this is why the ending's really bad and that's why it's an honorable mention and not on my list at all and then not that it could possibly be on Q's list i'm so sorry. i'm thinking maybe we should rethink having honorable mentions maybe at the end of the you know what <laughs> the, okay Let, we can totally do that and i'm sorry <laughs> and i'm sorry and and I'll say why it's an honorable mention for me because I know a, a ton yeah, of people well, who I mean love we can that discuss ending. it right yeah. now since we're kind of in it. So that'll be your number two, and we'll just reference it's, when we get there. It's a, yeah, but I know a bunch of people who love it. There are people that think it is just a beautiful, grand, great ending. No, it's a steps. terrible ending. I I yeah. couldn't stand. No, no, no. It. I as as you said, uh, Roseanne is one of those like iconic '90s sitcom shows that kind of like developed 
the feel of a '90s sitcom. I mean, you you even look at like Dinosaurs. Yeah. Dinosaurs kind of mimicked yeah. the feel of Roseanne. It was this very family dynamic. You had the gruff dad, but we can even go back that Roseanne was kind of a repackaging of like All in the Family. Yeah. Um, Very much with the Archie Bunker character kind of being a mishmash of both Roseanne and Dan right from the show. Um, these just kind of like real blue blood or I mean, red blooded American yeah. kind of just like, you know, working class family. But what Roseanne did so well and why it's such a great show is that it took that Archie Bunker ness, mm. uh, the uh, the bunker paradox, if you will, if you will. And really grounded it more. Because, I mean, Archie Bunker is is a fantastic... I mean, All in the Family is a fantastic show, and Archie Bunker sure. is a fantastic character. But they were very sitcom-y. To- 100%. And I agree. And they were very heightened. I agree. And, and this Roseanne was... And grounded it to yeah, a degree. And this, and this... Yeah. I mean, there was still definitely, like, yeah. the silly the silly goings-on of a sitcom. But, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Roseanne kind of showed, I would say, a lower middle class... Yeah family and it just had this real kind of like unapologetic yeah look at this is our fucking life and if and you like it and you don't like it whatever the set design was great it felt like a real house it felt like a real it's not like friends where they everything have like working class multi-million jobs dollar have, yes and they try to get rid of they try to explain that away with like rent stabilization in the last right. couple seasons but yeah with dude, the like come on yeah um, Monica's grandmother owned yeah. the rent control department. Yeah, and yeah it's like no, no, it's a stretch. Yes, very you're, much you're not living in this place yeah. doing what you guys yeah. do. But Roseanne, they totally could have lived in that 100 in that area in Ohio and totally done what they did. Ohio or Indiana? I think it's Indiana. Right, but I'm um, thinking Drew Carey show. Yes, <laughs> uh, but like Cincinnati. you said, the crazy part about Roseanne is it did portray that and i think you hit it on the head this really real world kind of take and then ended with what is essentially a very fantastical sitcom kind of yeah. like haha everything was all crazy and weird they and might as well have looked at the camera and gone yeah and to me it's not even the fact that they killed john goodman's character honestly i would have been fine with that as much as i love John Goodman and would love to see him in everything for as long as I can. Sure. Even in space. Um, if they had just had him die at the beginning of that season and then carried on with their real life, that would have been better. I honestly me. would have said uh, beyond better. I think that would have been fascinating. Yeah. I would have loved to watch. Uh, th- they kind of dealt with that in um, rules for dating my teenage daughter. Yes. When John Ritter passed. Which was so sad. And then they continued on with the show, but they mm-hmm. actually dealt with... And they brought in the uh, sitcom lifeblood of David Spade. That's right, to really pull yeah. it together. But I Quirky would've... cousin or something. I would have loved Uncle. to see that kind of take, and I think Roseanne would have been a perfect yeah. vehicle for it, to watch a family deal with what happens when that, yeah. you know, the... Uh, the Father of the household passes away. And we kind of talked about this in our last episode, but for me, I get overly aggressive when something is almost great and I see what it could yes, have been. We and did. I, in regards to Chronicle, yes, you made that very clear. And, and that's fine. We've had fistfights afterwards, but we're back. You know, our therapist is, is calmed us down. We're good. Are we, though? I am. You're not. You're still not looking me my in the eyes are, when you say it. My feelings are my feelings. But it's hard for me to really believe you and trust in it when you refuse to look me in the eye, yet... You also refuse to put your pants on. I, How I, am I supposed to? You're sending mixed signals. I hear you. 
Do you though? I hear you. I'm not gonna do anything about it, but I hear. Okay, you. hold on. I just need to collect myself for a minute. <laughs> all right, all right, let's go. So we're good with Roseanne. We'll be fine. This is fine. We're when, all fine. When the ending happened, I honestly saw the entire last season what it could have been. John Goodman's character Dan dies at the beginning, and yep. then the final season is them coming to grips with it and her finding her path as an author, and then it ends with her. I would have been fine with that. Agreed. That would have been that same arc. It would have pulled everything together. Her sister could have realized she was a lesbian during the course of that season. Sure. And the last season could have been finding yourself and your own path in the midst of grief and struggle. Sure. What a great ending to that show. Absolutely. What a great ending to that show. But that's not what they did. (laughs) That's not what they did at all. Instead, they were like, yeah, I really like that, but let's do it in the laziest way possible and just all in the last episode. That'll be good, right? Just, People will respond to that. It just bothers me. So, yeah. So, for me, I agree. That's why it was my number two because I feel like the what ranked highly on my list, mm-hmm. what kind of determined the rankings was shows that I felt got so much right. Mm-hmm. So, depending on how good the rest of the show was versus how absolutely jarring the ending was that's where it ranked on my list and that's why it earned the number two spot because the show while you know has many detractors and not everybody loves roseanne the show as a whole is a great yes television show it's a staple of american television but that should be that ending was an absolute disservice and much like the sam beckett shit was kind of a fuck you to all the fans like we're just, it was all bullshit the whole time. It's almost like they had a great idea halfway through the 10th season. They were like, shit, we should have done this. And how do we pigeonhole this in? How do we shoehorn this right. back in? And I kind of wish they just hadn't. Yeah, I absolutely agreed. So, so that's my number two. And uh, what's your number one? <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. I do honestly feel bad. But you mentioned something that does segue into my number five. Okay, perfect. Laziness yes. to me is something that I hate in a television show absolutely especially when the show will rest on its laurels and i think that's what a lot of times will cause a show to go downhill totally they get comfortable yeah and we'll mention a lot of you know a lot in this show or in this episode but i love when characters are allowed to evolve but laziness in a finale laziness in a final season bothers me and number five is not a show that i watched a lot of but i am familiar with it's the episode the show is saint elsewhere Okay. And the name of the episode is literally just the last one. Yep, I'm familiar with this. I also have watched a couple episodes. Not a huge, you know, fan wasn't really right. knowledgeable. So, I mean, it's okay. Lay I mean, it out we for got me. Uh, Denzel Washington came from the show, sure. and like there were a lot of great things about it. It was a medical drama that that was sort of groundbreaking in its time. It, it was kind of, of ER before ER. It was. It was. Kind of. I would actually say it was Grey's Anatomy before Grey's Anatomy. Oh, okay. Because a little focused, more soap opery. It focused a lot. Very soap opery. Yes. It focused a lot on the lives of the people, as and opposed then, to the actual in hospital yes. stuff. And there, I mean, there was in hospital stuff. Don't sure. get me wrong, but it it's was, more a character study. Yes. And people loved the characters, and they followed the characters, and they were very involved with what happened. I mean, a lot. Honestly, a lot of what Shonda Rhimes shows do right now. There's is a premise, that kind of. There's a premise, but it's character driven. Absolutely. And I love that. And so while St. Elsewhere is not one that I own or will binge watch a lot, it did establish itself as a How do you explain your St. Elsewhere tattoo that is just I don't pr- prominently on your middle finger? I don't <laughs> explain it, but I I just show it to people. Right, I know. It's great. <laughs> so I've always wondered. Um the ending for people who don't know, 
Saint Elsewhere was a nine series season long drama about the inner workings and the lives of people at a hospital. Okay. The very last episode established that the entire show, every character, every side story, every background character, everything was the imagination of an autistic boy looking into a snow globe. What? That's, that's it. Do you not know this? No. That's how the show ends is that it's just the inner workings of the hospital. It pans out from the hospital. It continues to pan out as snow falls around the hospital because it's in the mountains. And it pans out even further to show you that it's in a snow globe. And then it pans out even further to show that it's like an eight-year-old autistic boy looking at it and like mouthing to himself. And that's... What? That's how the show ends is saying... Everything you've just watched took place in the mind of it an was autistic eight-year-old bullshit? boy staring into a snow globe. That, to me, is the biggest TV fuck you of all time. That seems completely nonsensical. It does, but that's like, how why? it ended. Exactly. I don't know. <laughs> explain, answer, explain to me the, why. The answer is I have no idea. I just... Uh, Okay. Just let that sink I, I in. I know. I'm that just. What, I'm having trouble answer. wrapping my head around the concept of like this nine season medical drama ending with like, oh, by the way, it was all made up, and also it's just a nine year old autistic kid, right? Like for no, re- like nothing established that beforehand. People got mad at Dallas when Patrick Dempsey came back and they said, oh, it was all a dream for one season. Right. People were fear. Not Patrick Dempsey. No, no, no. You're thinking of what's his name? Step uh, by step. Dad. Yeah. 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 That's, I just call him step by step. Dad. Yeah. I mean, that, wait, is that not his name? No, I okay. think it is. That's yeah. that's on his birth certificate. Step, step by step. step dad. dad. People were furious at that because it feels lazy. Patrick Duffy. Patrick. Duffy. <laughs> I knew there was a Patrick and a D. I was thinking about it. Um, that, like, people don't like when episodes at the end go, oh, it was no. all a dream, unless it's done really well. Like, there are some examples that have that are very good and work for the show. This didn't work for the show. This didn't work for the audience. This didn't work for anybody well, that, except the producer. I guess that's why I'm trying to, like, I, okay, knowing the little bit that you and I both know about TV in general yeah. and just how the TV business works, because we're both clearly TV professionals, we've been in the industry a long time. Um, we're pretty well known. We also have many leather bound books, but, uh, regarding that, um, I am finding it hard to imagine the pitch meeting or writer's room where they're all talking around, figuring out how to end this series and someone or a couple of someone's are like, what if it was all like fucking made up by an autistic kid and that the producers, and the studio were like, yeah, totally. Wanna, I fucking love it. My theory. Let's film it. <laughs> my theory is that they wanted to sort of do a mind, blow your mind, it's all meta commentary. Basically saying, hey, let's acknowledge at the end that this is all the, cre- all this is what you're watching is just the creative forces of other human beings in your world. Blah, 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 bullshit, bullshit. I feel like that's where they started. And they're like, okay, well, how could we do that without making it a writer's room? It's like, well, maybe, maybe it's someone's imagination. It's like, who would have a complex enough imagination to come up with all of this? And it's like, well, a savant. 
I feel like that's where that's where it came from. I'll tell you what I would have been mo- more on board with if like it zoomed out, right? And it was a snow globe and then it zoomed out again and it was a snow globe sitting next to a canister of cheese balls and then it zoomed out again and it was uh, the set of Rain Man. <laughs> I actually would have liked if it zoomed out as a snow snow globe, zoomed out as the autistic kid right. and then zoomed out again and the autistic kid was on television and then it zoomed out and it was Denzel Washington's character sitting in the like the break room of the hospital and he just turns around and it's like, no, we're just kidding. See ya. <laughs> I would have been totally okay with that too. No, that would have been better. I feel like you could have gone anywhere with that. Anywhere else. Let's just put that. You could have gone anywhere else. Maybe even like Saint Elsewhere. Yeah. That's my goodness. So that's you see what I, I did there? Yeah, I did. I'm I'm, <laughs> You're I'm welcome. choosing to not acknowledge. You're it. welcome. <laughs> that was hey, you cannot tell me that my just my pitch there of that joke was not anywhere near the level of the ending of this series, okay? <laughs> We're on par. It's no, fine. we're we're above par. Yeah. Everything is above par, which is why it's number five on my list. I think it's solid. I think I'm gonna go watch it just just to see it, just to I, watch I it. I feel this is another one. I think you can find on YouTube. Good. Um, I'm gonna check it out. And it's such a a, a WTF moment that probably would have been higher on my list had Saint Elsewhere been a better show. Yeah, you know, like the ones on the the ones above this on the list are ones I like better. And I okay, think so we so we're of the same ilk. When I was yeah. explaining why Roseanne was number two, mm-hmm. it's because the the history of the show leading up to the finale, the better it is, the higher it was on my list. Yeah, it's sort of like a double a double metric for me. It's like the better the show was, and how it's like a good show with a sort of bad ending. Not is not going to be on my sure. list, but a great show with a terrible ending is like definitely how dissonant right, right. the two it's, are. It's like uh, that's how that's how my list was put together. Yeah, I like it. So, so please, that's your number five. I like it. In that vein, moving to number four uh-huh. is a show similar, like we talked about, that uh-huh. just went on too long. Okay, and the show is Weeds. Okay, and the finale name is just It's Time. Because it was, yeah. <laughs> because just like you said, it just went it's, on too it's long. Just, it's time. No, like, it's, it's, it's time, time to go ahead and. End it's time this. to go away. I now I will say. Let me. Pre- I'm going to jump in on your bandwagon here. I watched. I'm glad. So far, I'm enjoying your list because I have. I can't say that I'm terribly familiar with these mm-hmm. two shows. I watched the first two seasons of Weeds mm-hmm. and then didn't watch anything else. Did you like the first two seasons? I did. Yeah, yeah I thought it was interesting. It was new, it's funny. Jinji uh, Cohen. Yeah the the creative force behind Orange is the New Black. Orange is the New Black, which yeah. they feel very similar. They it's do. kind of that like gritty humor mixed with like kind of dark themes. Very dark themes, but it's very funny. Right. So, uh, yeah, so the first two seasons, I can say I enjoyed mm-hmm. very much. The first two seasons are very good. The third season is pretty good. The fourth season starts to take a bad turn. And then all the rest are just... How many did have. they have? Eight, I think. Wow. Seven or eight. Okay. And they should not have gone on that long. Okay. Like, it was basically the idea of the last couple seasons were huge stretches they would take multi-year jumps in between seasons she went into different industries there's one ep- there's one season where she's a pharmaceutical rep for a, a legal pot what? distribution company okay like they just try to it, it goes in weird weird places and gets away from the heart of the show which is a belabored suburban widow mother. widow yeah um whose husband dies and tries to keep up the lifestyle that her family is used to living in Southern California, starts to sell weed to the neighborhood moms, and right. then gets wrapped up in cartels and things that are bigger than her and starts to... It's almost like a, a lot of people compare it to Breaking Bad, but it's 
take it takes a much more humorous sure. stint. It doesn't take itself as seriously. Right. But even for it's shows like breaking that, without dad. Yeah. <laughs> it even for shows that take themselves not so seriously uh-huh. should take the craft of their show very seriously. And so this one went on really long. Basically, the show ends with everyone being estranged and hating each other, and then kind of touching base throughout the last season. And then okay. at the end, nothing is fixed, and everyone just shares a joint. That's it? Yeah. So it's just like, ah, weed. Yeah, like, there's, that show is a very, very complicated one because it does what Genji does and has a lot of characters that go off on these, you know, they have their own stories and lives. But it tries to bring everything back around. Basically, um, Mary Louise Parker's character, you know, is a pharmaceutical rep, and then she leaves that, and she works with someone that she hated in earlier seasons to start a pot empire in Connecticut, basically. Okay. And then her son, her youngest son, the youngest son in the show, who's always a problem, um, goes off and becomes a cop and works for the DEA. And he becomes like an alcoholic and works with this very corrupt cop. The corrupt cop is uh, um, played by um, Michael Harney, who is an orange and new black. He's the, um, he's the therapist in the oh okay the Healy he's yeah he's Healy from got it got Orange it got it, got, Black. it got it and he's the cop the corrupt cop and the other son the older son goes and starts working for one of her rivals to grow his own strain of pot and they become estranged and become like villainous towards each other and then at the end he just kind of comes back and is like yeah but you're my mom so yeah and like that's sort of how it ends ugh and they're just in this compound in Connecticut. Um, it, throughout the course of the show, the brother-in-law who moves back, who You're is right. the best part of that show, um, he is always he's always been in love with Mary Louise Parker's character. Finally, confesses his love for her and basically says, "You've used me our whole relationship, and I let it happen because I'm in love with you." And he's like, "But I'm done. I'm just going to leave." And she's like, "Don't leave." I'm like, "Fuck me." And he does, and he's like, "You know what? This isn't what I want." And he leaves, and then he just kind of wanders back into frame. And then they share, they all share a joint as a family. That sounds okay. So Kevin Neely's character starts a cult at one point in the last couple seasons. What? At least the first show that was on your list had like a what the fuck? But this is just like meh. Yeah. It's just like we couldn't think of anything else. So just all right. This isn't so much a fuck you or WTF moment for the series. It's just the extenuating circumstances of them petering out for two seasons. And they just went out with the, like that, that was the end of the sucks. show. It's just kind of like, Pah. it was a legitimate exhale. Yeah. I'm just like, and uh, we'll it. be done. Yeah. Okay. Bye. <laughs> That's kind of it. It's like, <laughs> thanks for can, watching this. We can do that on our podcast. Cause it's a podcast and we have more episodes coming out. Right. You can't and we do don't that. have people that yeah. care anyway. And, but we're not, Spending eight million dollars to no. produce every episode. No. Like, well, I mean, technically, to be fair, you are. I'm contributing right, nothing. Right. I edit the show, and it yeah. is. It is roughly about. Well, we'll say we'll call it seven five. Seven Just five. Million. Round down. Yeah. Right. Round down. Yeah. So yeah, that's why I like that show. You know, critical acclaim. It had some. But the, it just sort of petered out so much. That, that sucks. It does. Well, I'm glad I didn't invest in the rest yeah. of the seasons. Now, uh, number three, speaking of investing in seasons, was a show that sort of did the same thing and was on the same network as Weeds. Oh. So you might be able to guess it or know where I'm going with this. But I 
adored this show. All right. I'm and excited. it ended in such Sex in the hard, City. Hard place, and that's HBO. Oh. Um, Weeds was on Showtime. Uh, As was Dexter. Bingo. Is it? It is <laughs> Dexter. The name of the episode is Remember the Monsters. Yep. And it was the very last episode. Yep. Dexter is also a show that went on about two seasons too long. Yep. Um, so here's the premise of the final episode. The villain in the last season, who who gives a shit? Like no one cared about him. He wasn't a very big wasn't a very big threat. Somehow he gets a hold of Deb, Dexter's sister. Right. Dexter saves her. And then they're trying to flee Miami because basically everything's come to a head. People have uh, a hurricane has drummed up where he dumps his bodies okay. in the Miami Bay, and he's about to be caught. This is another one where I watched I think the first five seasons. That's all you need, and then I stopped. That's all you need. John Lithgow season, and then one more. That's all you need. Yeah, that I think show. that's where I stopped. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. That's right because John Lithgow's Trinity Killer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, high point of the show. Yeah, I will agree. That Easily. was a great season, and. That does establish, like, those first four seasons establish how good of a show it actually was. It took a different concept. It actually adapted a book very well. John Lithgow's Trinity Killer was one of the best season-long villains of of any show. Oh, yeah, he had a great arc, for sure. And then the way that that season ended with Trinity killing Dexter's wife, even though you thought she got away. Right. And then seeing how that resolves itself in the next season. That's really all you need. The the two or three after that, they could not find their footing. There's one where Colin Hanks is the bad guy, and he is um <laughs> okay. Well, James uh, James Edward Olmos is actually the bad guy. Ooh, he, and, but he is a figment of Colin Hanks's imagination. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I was like, so, yay, yeah. no. So they did that, and then, but the last season, so he saves Deb. He leaves to kind of establish, get to the airport so he can flee Miami. Okay. And then Deb gets shot and dies right after he leaves. What? Yeah. Like, they kill Deb for no reason. Like, there's literally no payoff to that. Which is unfortunate because there were so many situations in the previous series mm-hmm. that if they wanted to kill her character, they could have done in a much more gratifying yeah. way. Well, it's sort of... Because she's consistently getting herself into trouble. She very much is. And it's sort of like the Harrison Ford thing with Han Solo. Like, he wanted Han Solo to die, but only if it would add emotional weight to the story. Right. There were so many areas where they could have killed the Deb character. And it could have absolutely driven the story forward. But to do it in the last, like, 15 minutes of the finale with it not lending very much emotional weight after the tension has already been dissolved. Right. I can see in a writer's room where it'd be like, oh, it'll be like a gotcha type of thing, but it didn't work. And then Dexter flees Miami, makes it out, and then there's a time jump of like five years, and he's just living as a lumberjack in Wyoming. Uh, End of series. So did you hear that silence that just kind of like fell after that? It's one of those, again, where I'm just like, what? What does that have to do with anything else that came before it? It was a huge just what happened and like there's a time jump and then it shows this guy in a plaid lumberjack thing sitting in like a uh in a trailer uh and then it zooms around he's just got a big beard staring out a window at some trees the end so you're not like is he still killing people you have no idea and the writers and this is where i felt like a show like dexter truly needed to go was because the writers pulled their punch 
the fact is, is that Dexter should have had to face up to the fact that he'd been murdering people for eight seasons. I would seasons. have loved him to get caught. Yeah. To be in jail and maybe the last couple episodes of the last season or even maybe the last season focus on his trial. Yes. And then have the outcome be, you know, yeah, he's he's going to die. Yeah. Because the reality is, as much as you love him, he he's murdered a, a lot of yeah. people. And they never have that character confront what he's doing. Right. And that feels like a huge miss to me. I agree. And 100%. that's why... I like Dexter more than Weeds. I feel like it was a bigger miss than Weeds was. Sure. Because they, they, I mean, Mary Louise is Parker and Weeds always is confronting what she's doing. She loses family. She loses friends. She gets arrested a couple times. Like she's confronting what she's doing. They just missed on the end. This one, they took the puss way out and never had Dexter. There's no payoff. Yeah. They never confronts what he did ever. He just goes away and lives happily in the woods. That's it. The end. Right. Cut to black. Which which doesn't make sense. It's not a satisfying character wrap-up. It's, it's not a satisfying story wrap-up. It's not. And it doesn't justify, and that's one of my biggest dislikes about some of these, is it, it really makes everything that you've invested up until that point feel not worth it. A good example of a show that did it well is Breaking Bad. Oh, man. We could have an entire podcast on Breaking Bad. You know what? Maybe we should. Maybe we should do like another stuff, too, and just kind of run through. I would love that. Breaking Bad. Because that show is almost a masterclass study of how to do it right. It didn't overstay its welcome. Nope. Characters have to confront what they did, and there are consequences. Characters get resolution for what they need resolution for, and it ends in a way that is justifiable to the show's tone and purpose. And incredibly satisfying. And it was. And it was so, a very satisfying end. So Dexter did not do that. <laughs> I agree. I totally agree. I, I'm going to be honest. I really, really like your five, four, and three. Yeah. Um, I think they're strong. And the and the top two kind of hurt me to say when we get there. Okay. Kind of like your Roseanne, I feel like. It, it hurts you to put it on the list because you love the show so much. It is a really good show. I absolutely agree. So, so Jay, I really enjoyed your five, four, three. You want to remind me of what they were? Yeah. Um, number five was St. Elsewhere. Um, mm-hmm. The episode title is The Last One. Which I'm going to go watch because that Please sounds do. fucking fascinating. At least just watch the last 10 minutes. Um, ep- number four is the show Weeds with the episode title It's Time. Which I'm not going to watch because that sounds boring and as fuck. It's a two-parter, so it's, Ooh, it's even, like two and a half hours better. Longer. And then number three is Dexter. Which ep- episode I title know Remember about, the monsters. but yeah. not interested in in, nope. in any way. Um, and again, with Dexter, I encourage people to watch it, but just watch the first five seasons and call it a day. Uh, I really like it, man. So, Q, I want to know what your list is. And even, I... Even if I could ruin the rest of them. <laughs> Perfect. Please do. Do you want to just list off some more honorable mentions and we'll just roll through my list <laughs> real quick? That would be great. Good. I will tell you. All right. So, my number five. Ooh, yeah. Hold on. I need to get ready for this. Click it. All right. My number five is How I Met Your Mother. Ooh. Okay. okay. I that one is um, the popular on on these. Yeah. Now, How I Met Your Mother is a show that, and the reason it's my number five is because much like some of the shows that you mentioned, it went on too long. It did. Um, the first couple seasons, I would say maybe one through four for me, maybe even up to like five or six, even mm-hmm. were really good, really funny. Um, the creators did a brilliant job of 
keeping up with their continuity. Yes. That was one of my favorite aspects of that show. Um, and while I would never list it in my top shows of all time sure. favorites list, I consistently watched that because whenever they would call back to stuff, it would always be the same or they would pan out and you'd see other stuff yeah. that was happening. And I loved it. And they did a great job. And we've talked about that when we talked about like Futurama mm-hmm. and stuff like that, where shows that would set up or community where they would set up something episodes yes. before that won't pay off for another four or five episodes or even maybe yeah. another season. My, I think my favorite example of that in how I met your mother and I'll let you talk about it since it's your sure. list is the slap bet. Oh man, the slap, slap bet, bet became the fact one. that it became it took six seasons to resolve. Yes, was is one of my favorite things. Gig. No, yeah. no, I, I, I absolutely agree. And uh, for a while there, there's a song at the end of I think it's Slaps Giving. Yes, uh, the you just got slapped. I learned how to play that song on the piano. Did you? Marshall wrote that, or Jason? Um, yeah, Jason, Jason Siegel. Siegel wrote that. And uh, I learned it on the piano. You because just it was, got it, slapped. It I it fucking was a love it song. so much. Uh, the DVD had a bonus feature music video <laughs> of of him singing that song. Their, their music videos for Robin Sparkles are also oh man, great. the so, beaches and then the let's go to the mall. Let's go to the mall. Amazing. Yeah, but the show was a great show. It was yeah. very funny. The cast was funny. It was outside of Harold and Kumar, the resurgence for Neil Patrick Harris. It like was. it, it absolutely brought him back to the forefront. Well, Harold and Kumar is how he got cast in that show. Right. It was because yeah. of his performance as a heightened asshole version of himself <laughs> that they were like, Hey, look at this. Like you can totally play this <laughs> yeah. asshole guy in this show. Um, but it, it was one of those where, um, I loved the concept of the show. Mm-hmm. I thought it was brilliant. Just kind of this b- uh, backward storytelling yeah. of Ted Mosby to his kids about how he met their mother. And the whole thing kind of rode on this plot device of like, who's the mother going to be? Yes. So for a sitcom comedy, it's kind of interesting that it involved you in the story because a lot yeah. of times they're just kind of like, these are things that happen to the family. But in this, I mean, there were whole threads as if this were fucking lost of theories like people yes. were like breaking it down and they're like oh shit maybe maybe fucking barney's the mom like who <laughs> like there were all sorts of crazy like fan theories and websites and shit and it's funny that you mentioned that because that's one of the things that i really liked about the show my wife a hates that show really for that reason what? one she doesn't like the actress or the actor who plays ted mosby she okay did, he gets on her nerves two she is. She gets so caught up on the fact that they won't say who the mother is. Sure. That she adamantly has an anger towards the show. It's like just get to it. And I have to. Uh, well, for me, whenever we talk about, it, I'm like, that's not the point. To that's be just the frame. To be fair, though, your wife does have a tendency to just have a lot of anger about a lot of things. So I've discussed Valid. movies with her where I will just mention something like like Ghostbusters, for yeah. example. She was so vehemently <laughs> angry and unfoundedly so about the reboot. It was just this blind rage. And so, yes, I've noticed that there are certain things that I just I just avoid that topic yeah. because <laughs> because there are elements of that show that I just adore. Yeah. And even in some of the later seasons, I think that there were a lot of things they did well. I mean, the whole story arc of Marshall's dad passing away was some of the most beautiful stuff that they had done. Absolutely. Um, And then the little backstory uh, on that is Jason Siegel 
didn't know that was the plot. And so the scene where uh, Allison Hannigan tells his character, I just got a call and your dad passes away, everything on that scene wasn't scripted. So Jason Siegel crying and just saying, I'm not ready. I'm not ready for this. Right. Was him. Like, that wasn't scripted. He didn't know that was going to happen. And it's just, they have beautiful moments. Even Barney's proposal to Robin was beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. And well done. But see, so that's what I'm saying. So that leads me to saying, so this is another show. Started out super duper duper strong. Towards uh, the seventh season, Mm -hmm. I started to feel... Like they no longer knew who they who was yeah. going to be the mother. You sort of felt like a hanging chud. Yeah, I, I did. <laughs> I, fe- <laughs> I felt like for a while. That's a good cut. reference. I liked yeah. it. Um, I felt like for a while they knew. Like it felt like the show had a definite direction, mm. and then it kind of felt like all of a sudden they're just kind of like, mm, I don't know where we're gonna go with this. Yeah. And then for the next couple seasons, it continued to feel like that. So nine seasons in. And it gives us the episode, The Last Forever, mm-hmm. which has an entire unnecessary story about they give you a, a montage that the woman that Ted Mosby met and was their mother and of the children has died yes. of cancer. And then it is revealed that Robin and Barney have gotten divorced. Cause, cause, what? And then it is revealed that Robin and Ted are now together. Well, not together. Well, the show ends with the kids saying, "Go get her!" Like they're in an airport in a fucking eighties right. comedy. Like, but still, but that's my point. Yeah. It's still them to get like, like yeah. the whole thing was no longer about who their mother was. It was about resolving the relationship with Robin. Right. Which made no the, sense. The, the, the blue, the blue trombone. French horn, French horn again, which was fucking yeah. stupid. And now let me give a good, uh, a positive thing. I actually liked the way the last season was set up where the entire season took place on the wedding day. You know? Yes. I actually really did like that. I thought it was a cool um, break of structure and that, that show was fantastic with breaking structure and so having all of those stories that are taking place on that day happen through the course of that season involving a lot of flashbacks I thought was really smart but yes to your point the end was just sort of a well thanks a lot nine years of television but that's like, that's what, what I'm saying it was like you you were invested in this show and I thought for a show that has so much invested in their continuity mm-hmm. and their story structure, for them just to give what felt like a, we have no idea yeah. what the fuck, and it is no longer, and for it to be the reveal in a very backwards way that Ted has really just loved Robin the entire time, and this entire yeah. show is just a love poem to Robin, which makes Ted's character even more insufferable. Yes. Because that's the problem. Ted's character becomes insufferable. He becomes what a what starts out as an adorable, hopeless romantic, and then just becomes like an obsessed, neurotic, romantic, but like weird ideals of romanticism. Mm-hmm. Like it becomes this very like unlikable character. So I totally get where your wife is like, I can't stand yeah. that he, character. I honestly look past him because I like Marshall and Lily so much sure. and because I like Barney or Neil Patrick Harris's character so much and because I like the writing 
so much. I can look past the fact that Robin and Ted, who are kind of supposed to be our focal point, well, they're telling us they're our focal right. points. I don't like them. Right. But <laughs> but that's the problem. That's why it's such a bad ending as well, because it, it makes your two most unlikable characters, once again, the central focus of yeah. the show. And it basically says... All of this ancillary stuff that happens, yeah. Barney doesn't matter. He gets divorced. He's out of the picture. Uh, the mother didn't really matter at all yeah, because because who cares? She gets revealed and killed simultaneously. Yes, you know what I mean. Like, and we don't have that. Should be a very emotional thing. Like, I felt more emotion for Marshall's dad passing away than I did for the mother of this nine series tele nine years television it's show. It's the title of the show. Yeah. How I Met Your Mother. There's no time to get to know her. Like, no. There's no weight built into that. And honestly, the actors did a fine job. I forget the actress's name who plays the mother. I actually like her. Sure. She. I think she, Christina something, something. Um, she does oh, yeah. a good job. Good old Christina SS. Uh, she was in that show uh, a to, from A to Z uh-huh. uh, with the guy who left Mad Men after cutting off his nipple. Oh, that guy. Yeah. Uh, old, anyway. Old re- nippleless. Regardless. Uh yeah, there was. She did fine. I thought the scene where she was passing away in the hospital had emotional like weight to it because they had sappy music. Sure, and it, we were supposed to feel something. Yeah, they but, were communicating to the audience, feel sad. Now I will. Okay, uh, I uh, we were talking about endings that are being spoiled and endings that are that are bad and and not characteristic of the show. Um, and I ruined your ending earlier by ruining your number two. Sure, this is my number two. Okay. So really? you have now Excellent. returned the favor perfect. and ruined my number two. Which, so we can talk about some of my notes. Which is perfect well. because basically we're just ruining the ending yes, of our show. Exactly. So it's beautiful. Uh, it's it's fitting. It's almost as if you're getting revenge on me. I know. You're welcome. <laughs> One of the things. Sorry to bring that up. So no, it's just great. Like come back from yeah. commercial and just say, hey, our number twos, remember those? <laughs> yeah. And then go to number yeah. one. Um, anyway, one of the things I will say is that you felt like in the last seasons, they just didn't know what they were doing. And I, I understand your point, but I do want to put out that they very much knew this ending from day one because the kids that he's telling the story to, Uh they aged, they recorded all of their segments in that first year. And right. then they were just under contract to not talk about it for eight years after that. Sure. So they always had the ending in the bag of them saying, well, mom's passed away and we love you and you love Robin. So go get her. They knew that's where they were going. Right. So the fact that they didn't stabilize that through the show better is a huge. Um, it's, to me, it's not so much a what the fuck are we doing? It's more of a gotcha Right. It's kind of like we didn't think this would last this long. Right. So we had all this like filler stuff in the middle to try and get to the ending we wanted for the like the fourth season. Sure. And that bothered me because I had grown so much to love everything else about the show that when they tried to bring it back around and say, no, no, this is really what the show's about. At that point, I don't care anymore. Right. And that's exactly what it felt like. I was just kind of like, okay. Like I, I'm not, I had zero investment in Robin and, uh, yeah. and wow, I forgot Ted. his name. Ted, thank you. Uh, in Robin and Ted's relationship. Like yeah. I had they seen They were not it. the new Ross and Rachel, will they, won't no. they? they? They felt, the actors had chemistry and they felt really good together. It wasn't that. No, it was just Does uninteresting. Ted didn't really have chemistry for anybody. No. Did no. you hear that the, the actor who plays Ted Mosby just got cast in a new show? 
No. Yeah, Drama High by um, I want to say the guy behind Parenthood. Interesting. Yeah, it'll be interesting. He you like got, him? He was he was Parenthood and Friday Night Lights. Yeah, the same. Guy, I like right? I like that guy. Ted Mosby actor. Kind of meh. No, no, no. I meant like yeah. you like the guy who's doing Dude, the show, Jason Kadams. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So I I'm with you, man. Like, and I had totally uh, your point is definitely valid. And I didn't even think about that. So you're right. But it's still. I guess it was just the feeling that I got mm. is because everything felt so mismoshed and hodgepodge yeah. at the end. Yes. Um. It just felt like. I would have enjoyed it better because they had clearly such pl- methodical planning ahead yes, of time. Yes. I would have liked it to be introduce the mother who is going to die in the sixth season. Yeah. And then let them grow close to each other. Let the audience grow to yeah. uh, like her character. Because who cares if like, oh, well, they've already met the mother and the name of the show is How I Met Your Mother. Who cares? Right. Like, in Friends... Uh, Monica and Chandler get married. They're no longer friends. They're like they're, they're spouses. <laughs> Who cares if that's the that's just the name of the show, right? Like, and but that was the thing. And move it, on. And it was still like, yeah, the reveal could have been how I met how I met your mother. Yeah. Okay, this is how I met her. Yeah. And then this is the story of your Here mother are some and I. Fun stories that you probably don't know about. Right. And then have the gut punch. You could still have your gut punch at the end of being like, and this is when mom died of cancer. And then you could still have the reveal of the kids at the end being like. Go get Robin. You yeah. know what I mean? Because you've earned that. Yes. But it, the way they, 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 the way they put it, none. And like you said, none of the emotion felt earned. It felt forced. Mm-hmm. It was like you should care that Ted's yeah. wife is dying because we're giving you all of these cues. But you don't yeah. know this character. This character doesn't matter to and you. And it doesn't have to be like a four season long buildup. No. There was a gut punch for me at the end of the first season when Lily left Marshall. Absolutely. And and that was at the end of like twelve or fifteen or however many episodes. Long episodes. So give me a season and a half of them maybe the whole last season. Building is a their relationship. Yeah. And things they go through like, yeah, I met her, but you know, she hated me at the very right. beginning or right. whatever. I mean make- they did it with fucking with Ted and uh wow, now I forgot her name. Uh, Robin. Robin. <laughs> wow, I, I did it both ways. That's how much I care about yeah. these characters. So, uh, so they did it with Ted and Robin. Yeah, they gave that the whole like on again, off again. Will they? Won't they? At least give it something. Yes. But it felt like they gave it nothing, and then they're uh, like, ha! At the end, it was Ted and Robin all the time, mm. and that's yeah. the end of the show. You're that's welcome. why for me it's number two. It's because I respected that show a lot, and then for it to end that way just felt like a gotcha moment and it made me angry. And then it when it zoomed lazy. out from the airport <laughs> and it was just, and they were just in a tinker, a tinker, tinker toy set. Yeah. They were in a connects roller. Coaster. And it was just John Goodman looking like <laughs> Thanos just around the planet earth. Just like with 30 other. John <laughs> floating right. And he was just like playing yeah. with little tinker toys. I, yeah. So that's why for me, it's number two is because I really did like that show, and it should have been. It made me angry. It ended it up my number five because of the the my non interest in the last couple seasons. Yeah. Because it lost me, and I was just like, I don't care anymore. Like I feel like this has gone on too long. I, get, I honestly liked most. I mean, the quality of the last couple seasons is not up to what it was. I I sure. grant you that. But I liked them. Like I liked the framing of the last season. I liked the stuff with Marshall's dad and his yeah. career in season seven. Like I liked where they went, but And I mean you totally can. You're yeah. wrong, but <laughs> you can. You're entitled to do that as I'm a human entitled to be wrong. As a human being. So 
You're so, allowed yeah. to do that. So I that's my number, number five. Two. Now you've ruined my number two with your number five. <laughs> Good. Well, I'm going to see if I can ruin more of yours. Let's do it. All right. So my number four is going to be The Sopranos. Ooh, okay. Now, here's the deal. I like The Sopranos okay. Mm-hmm. I was never a huge fan of The Sopranos. Mm-hmm. But it's it's good acting. It's a good show. It's I'm well say written. It's a really good show. It's well written. Uh, I know a lot of people really really like it. Um, its ending was startling. I am. Uh, I'm gonna conjay a little bit. Okay. I'm gonna let you finish and make your point. I am going to disagree with okay. you. Okay, you like, like the ending. It. Of course I'm you did. One of, I am one of that the is, people that like the ending. That is nothing but your pure artistic pretentiousness shining through. It, it's not. I know it's true. It's true. I'll try and let you, I'll, I'll try and change your mind diplomatically. Okay, that's fair. I'll take it. I'll just, I'll just stick to just insulting you. Sure. Because so, <laughs> that's what I do. Sure, yeah, no. Uh, so, but yeah, talk about, talk, okay. talk so, your points so with the like Sopranos, it. uh, first off, I fucking love James Gandolfini. Man, so good. Such an actor that was lost way too soon. Too soon. I know we were talking about the night of, yeah. And how he's a producer on that show. He was supposed and, to be the star. And, and, right. And how he was supposed to have the John Turturro role. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have loved to see that. I think he is one of those actors that doesn't get enough credit. He really doesn't. Um, at all, and he was in a, a um, he was in the Last Castle with Robert Redford, and he yep. played a really intimidating fucking piece of shit, uh, warden type in that. Yep. Um, but he's he's been in so many things, and he's such a good character actor. Um, so first off, I loved the show on the back of James Gandolfini yes. alone. He really sold Tony Soprano. To and me. before we leave the James Gandolfini conversation one of the things i love about him is you mentioned him being a character actor everyone associates him with you know uh the the mafia enforcer very intimidating like army colonel like he's always a very intimidating presence for a lot of people but not enough credit is given to him when he's doing other things like there's a movie uh enough said where he's with julia louis dreyfus and he plays like a very introverted, like trodden guy. And he's not intimidating at all, but he's brilliant in it. Oh, absolutely. And he has, his range is beyond what people associate him with because he's most well known for Sopranos. Sure. But um, so him alone is, or he alone is a, a very important mm-hmm. reason that I feel like the show was successful. So beyond that, let me go ahead and preface this initially by saying the reason it it ranks number four on my list is not like we discussed earlier due to the quality of the show, because I very much enjoyed The Sopranos. The reason it ranked is because it's not quite jarring enough for me to be like, holy fuck, they ruined this series with this ending. Right. It was more so just like I felt... Um, let down by it i guess it just it didn't it didn't satisfy what i was looking for when it came to the end of the series um and i felt just not even and i know i said shocked i think it was shocking because of the way that they decided to end it right but i think i i was more so just let down i felt kind of let down by like i want to know more and so we'll just get into what the ending was the ending consisted of uh, Tony Soprano um, 
sitting in with uh, with um, Carmelo mm-hmm. and uh, who all is sitting at the table here? I, gotta I think, think his here. wife. Yeah, and um, and they're in the diner. They're all sitting in the diner, and you have uh, let's see. Tony arrives, watches customers come and go. Carmela arrives, and Tony tells her that Carlo is going to testify. And then AJ arrives and reminds his dad, oh, yeah, the advice to remember the good times. And then Meta arrives, or Meadow mm-hmm. arrives, yeah. and parks her car outside. The bell rings, and Tony looks up, and then it cuts to a black screen. Right. And that's the end of the series. It is the end of the series. And... For me, <laughs> there's so there are so many possibilities that could have happened. What do you in think that happened? Uh, like what I know there's what a, I uh, would what I would like uh-huh. is uh, I would have liked Tony to get hit. Yeah, and I would like he gets killed in the diner. Can I? Can I start in on my possibly yeah. changing? Your no, mind? yeah, please do. That's one hundred percent what happened. Okay, so he got hit. There is earlier in the show, most of the, the series is based around Tony Soprano going to therapy. Right. So it is a snippet of this man's life and then that gets filled out as the show goes on. Right, right, right. Correct. In one of the very early seasons, him and his therapist are talking about death and they say, what do you think happens when you die? And he goes, honestly, this may sound like a negative answer, but nothing. Soon as you die, goes to black, it's over. Oh, Okay. Tony's belief, the Sopranos' understanding of death, was that there's nothing. Once you're dead, you, Tony Soprano, the major driver of our you show, just cease to be. There's no mourning for you because you don't know that. Right. You cease to be. It cuts to black and it's over. Hmm. He 100% gets shot. When that bell rings and he dies, and that's it, and he's dead. There is nothing else because Tony Soprano is that show. And with him gone, there is nothing after that half second. So for me, it's a perfect ending to that show because the show is artistic. It is very much a snapshot of this man's life. You don't see him growing up. You don't see him starting the business. You see when he's already a major empire in you know the waste management mafia business. Mm. And you watch him go through those, I think, five years of his life. I honestly... Uh, and that's why that show ends. Okay, it, that's why. To I'm not. Me, even, I'm I not like even going to argue. Here's the deal. I didn't remember at all that conversation yeah. with his therapist. I just. I, and it's yes, okay. I, and in I'm, that book ending, in that book ending, I really like that. Yeah. Because I really like the concept of making that far of a callback. The problem is. As a viewer, and mm-hmm. as I was watching it in real time, sure, I didn't get that. I know, and so it's, I and feel like it. My only defense now to that, or my only argument, is that if that is the case, if that is indeed what was meant to be, then it was mishandled because it was Pop- not telegraphed enough to the average audience to walk away from it going, "Holy fuck!" They they fucking brought the whole thing yeah. fucking full circle, and. I will agree with you on that one, but I, you know, and I, this is a very common conversation that happens with people that watch the show, the Sopranos, because that ending was incredibly divisive. 
Oh, people for sure. Hated it, or people basically thought like they remembered that and they they sort of saw that full circle. Right now, to your point, for the average viewer, yeah, of course, because um, you tend to have like a photographic level memory where you will remember small, weird, idiosyncratic things and be like, ha ha. Well, yes. I also tend to be, I also tend to binge watch things. Sure. So the Sopranos wasn't one that I watched when it was on television. I binge. And see, it. I didn't, I binge watched the first couple seasons uh-huh. and, and then, then I watched back. the rest of it live. Right. So that to me is, it's one of those situations where, I can almost make a defense, or I definitely can make a defense for, well, it doesn't matter if the the standard viewer, like what they're doing is building an art. They're building a, a, a tapestry of art. And so it doesn't matter if everybody doesn't get everything. What they're doing is making something what it is. And so in my Ooh, opinion... I, li- I like that so much better. Yeah. When I look at a show like that, or when I take a step back and not look at it on a... You know, oh, I watched this over five years. Right. You watch it as a body of art, then every little thing does matter. And the show was built so much around those little moments of something would happen that you didn't think was a big deal, and five episodes later, there's nearly a gang war about it. It's the ripple effect of life. Right. So the fact that something was said or somebody's belief or whatever was stated in an early season, the fact that it wraps up like that is sort of the version of the show and again i don't want to like i do want to change your mind no no no. that to me is why it wasn't even considered well, let me for this, let I me expound upon ending. that i you have changed my mind on the meaning of the ending mm-hmm. you have not changed my mind uh, on the right on the enjoyment of it yeah. because i still feel like it was mishandled and that's why for me i loved the sopranos yeah. like it was a fantastic show for me and because the ending was mishandled, it was extremely disappointing. And like that. I said, it was a letdown. Like I, I, I genuinely felt like, well, what the fuck have I been watching this for? Yeah. Like I don't even know what happened to any of these characters yeah. because there is no wrap up. There is no Tony, resolution. Yeah, like Tony doesn't know. Right. You get the black screen, and now, like I said, in that context, mm-hmm. yes, that totally makes sense. What what I would say and what I would recommend for you and any of our listeners. Get a weekend, get away from your family, and binge watch the the whole okay. series. I mean, I, I'm gonna have to now just because I I can t- I I remember the conversation you're talking about in mm-hmm. the show. I remember the ending, and I remember kind of the lead up to it. I just feel like, and so now I'm like, wow, I didn't see it in that perspective at all. And yeah, that totally makes sense. And now I want to watch it again just so I can try and get that. But at the time, as a live sure, viewer, sure. it just didn't come across. And so I felt like it was just a real nut punch where they were just kind of <laughs> like, they were just like, well, the show's over. Bye. You know, and it's just like, no, fuck you. Like, what happened to all, all the characters? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, where do they go from here? You know? So, um, but in that perspective, absolutely. Because you're right. It was, the show was, like we talked about James Gandolfini, mm-hmm. it it rode on the back yeah. of Tony Soprano. The whole thing was about Tony Soprano. And I think it starts, man, it's been a while since I've seen the early seasons, but doesn't it start with just him talking? Like, it starts yeah. with his voiceover. Yeah. So, you could make the argument that everything takes place from his perspective. Yes. And that actually is a perfect, perfect lead-in from my number four to my number Ooh, three. okay. Uh, because it's another one of those shows where 
it was beautifully bookended, uh-huh. but not beautifully executed. I'm and like, I might know what this is. My number three is Lost. Oh, okay. No, it's not what I thought. Um, Lost. One of my... And I was a Lost file. I was one of those guys on the message boards going through the Lost mythos as it happened. I got together with friends for Lost viewing parties. I was in it deep. I was looking into the codes. I was uh-huh. looking into the symbolism, the meaning. I was in it. Now, I love the concept of Lost. Oh, me too. I was a big fan for the first two and a half seasons. Yep. The writer strike threw me out. And which is fair, it did a lot of people. But to be fair, it got good again around the fourth season. Um, and then uh let's see, the fifth season uh started to Peter, and then the sixth season was just kind of garbage. Which season did Charlie drown in? Uh, that was the second and a half or third season, okay. I think. That was after I stopped watching. I think. Yes. So the whole series as a whole, uh, was brilliantly mapped out mm-hmm. by J.J. Abrams, Carlton Cuse, and Damon Lindelof. Now, individually, I like them all on their own merit. Yeah. J.J. Abrams, of course, I have a giant nerd boner for, I mean, as everybody also, does. Come on. Damon Lindelof. But Carlton Cuse has done a lot of stuff, too. Carlton Cuse was involved with uh, The Adventures of Briscoe County Jr. Ah, nice. Uh, which is one of my favorite, like, guilty yeah. pleasure Bruce Campbell shows. Uh, he also is involved with the Bates Motel reboot. Which, oh, okay. I didn't know that. Yeah, he's he's the showrunner and creator. So, uh, and he's, it's a, it's a pretty good show you know that's one that i haven't watched but i i hear a lot about and probably should pick up it is a pretty good show there's a couple seasons where it meanders a bit but for the most part uh freddie highmore who plays norman bates great fucking crushes that role i watched the first four episodes and was like i can see the goodness in this but then got distracted and never watched it again and then you also have uh vera farmiga Mm -hmm. who is a fucking fantastic actress a uh, whole Farmiga family is pretty good. They are Taisa Farmiga. Yeah. They all have weird yeah. names. Uh, you know, Ch- uh, Chipotle Farmiga. Yeah. Um, I al- I also like Larry Farmiga. <laughs> yeah. Todd. The, Todd Farmiga. I remember my first really the first time I noticed Vera Farmiga was The Departed. And I was like, Yeah, oh, yeah. She's You're really like, good. she's good. She's good in this. Um, um, but yeah. So so continue. so lost. So yeah. So basically, here's here's another example of a show that I was heavily invested in. In the mythos, I was, you know, I was looking on the sub sites. I was, you know, they put out books about the mysteries, yeah, you know, like have. they merchandised the fuck out of this show and they really capitalized on people's, you know, involvement and the curiosity. Um, so what happened for me is they set up a bunch of good things and I feel absolutely 100%. I know I said it on how I met your mother, but I, I know for a fact they started out with an idea. They 100% deviated from that idea around the third season during this, the writer's strike, the half halfway point in the second season. And they had an idea again for the end of the show, but they didn't know when that was going to be. So then they just started making up other things. Yeah. And 100% lost their way. Huh. And then came back. Yes, they did. <laughs> Uh, they came back to the end. Now, the end of this show is a reveal somewhat 
Now, a lot of people interpret it different ways because there's a bunch of like flash forwards and flash sideways. Now, have you seen the end of the show? Uh, let me tell you my understanding of it and you can clarify okay. it for me and the audience. Okay. My understanding is that, you know, there's a lot of flashbacks. Yep. There's a lot of flash forwards. Flash sideways. And then the flash sideways is what I want to focus on okay. because those come in, in the later couple seasons. It's the last season. And my understanding is that all the flash sideways are basically the afterlife for the characters as they die out on the island. And then the end of the show is them meeting in purgatory. Right. Which is... In a church. Yes. Which is basically... It's discussed in the show that they would all find a place mm-hmm. together. Is that... Am I right, though? Yeah. Okay. You're right. Um, the problem for me is this. The show as a whole... Mm-hmm wasn't really about that yeah so while it's a fascinating thought and it's like oh cool there was a bunch of mysteries that they propositioned that had absolutely zero payoff or point that was one of my show my big like the three-toed statue doesn't matter at all and I hate that. Will never matter. I have no problem with the show establishing mystery. The show right now that's doing it really well is Legion on FX. I have only watched the first episode. They're establishing a lot of very good mystery, but they're not, it doesn't, it feels purposeful. Right. I got so frustrated with Lost, which is why I dropped out of it, is because I could feel in the show them just digging this great mystery hole. Like, we're going to dig this mystery hole, and it's going to be so great. When we get done building this, it's going to be so beautiful that your eyes are going to melt out of your head because it's so great. And you're like, how deep are you going to dig? As deep as we need to. It's like, you're getting pretty deep. You're never going to be able to get out of there. It's like, newer still going. It's right. like, I'm not going to watch you do this to yourself anymore. And I left. And that's exactly what happened is they dug themselves into a point where there was no getting out of it. So instead they just kind of like threw some dirt into the hole, back into the hole to be like, "Mm, never mind that this hole is so deep. Uh, We're just going to use it to gain footing to really quick jump out of this hole, which I have um, an ending that I would have wanted for this show, but I'm going to hold it because our game that we're going to play uh, later is fix that ending. Oh, perfect. And uh, I would like to th- add add lost into the mix of opportunities. Okay, sure, great. Um, so basically, the only thing that I really dug about this ending um, was that the show visually ends on the same cue that the show started on. So right. the show starts with the main character of Jack, or arguably the main character, opening, uh, his, eyes. opening his eyes, and the show ends with him laying in the same position, closing his eyes. I really liked that. Yeah. I like I like the symbolism. I thought it was really good, but that's about it. <laughs> the 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 rest of it, I got together, and I'll never forget. I got together with uh, guy Jason from my work um, and a couple other guys, Steve, Steve, and Jason, the most generic names that you can right. think of. Chad uh, to watch. And Bill were there too. Yep, they were. And Joey, that's a stupid name. <laughs> uh, but they we got together for this and. Uh, it was a viewing party to watch the finale. And I remember as it ended, we all just kind of looked at each other and it was this very like, wow, I had a whole bunch of theories and none of it matters (laughs) because none of it mattered. Nothing that we wanted to be explained was explained. There were very stupid explanations to things. Some things that we only minorly wanted to be explained. Uh, the smoke monster turned out to be, uh, 
like weird god deity of the island for no reason. Or someone's mom or something. Uh, yeah, and they were like brothers that were yeah. banished to fight each other perpetually and it just it made no sense. Like it it literally had no bearing on anything. The character interactions you realized had nothing to nothing was as connected as right. they had proved they were or like, they had they had stated it would have been so much better had it just been they landed on an island that accidentally that was doing some weird science experiments yeah that was that they stumbled on something they shouldn't have stumbled and, on and that's what i was hoping it was but that turns out that's not what it was but it also kind of what it right. was it was like we have the dharma initiative and they're a weird science group they're doing weird science but we also have maybe these two twin god brothers that live on the island as well and then we also have time travel for yeah. some reason and then there's a thing that uh, a deep in the mountain that will move the island for no apparent right. reason right so it's like it they had like seven ideas but they weren't interconnected at all. Like right. they made you think that the reveal was, Oh, it's all connected, but it's like, no, the reveal is none of it matters. <laughs> you know what I mean? And they're nothing dead. matters. The end. And that's why it's a perfect title for that series, because that's how I felt at the end. I was lost as fuck. I was <laughs> like, what the fuck is happening? That, so you just yeah. gave the best log line for that show. So I, I like that. I like Thanks. your assessment. Thank you. So that's why it's, uh, it's number three. It holds a high place because I was one of those guys. I was majorly invested and, yeah. um, I was majorly disappointed and upset well, at the ending. So, yeah, so that's my five through three. So let's roll back through it. And, uh, so I've got my number five was, uh, how I met your mother. And the title of that episode is The Last Forever. Uh, my number four was The Sopranos. And the title of that is Made in America. Mm -hmm. And my number three was Lost. And the title of that, appropriately, is The End. <laughs> so, awesome. Well, we've talked a lot, and I think we need to give people a little bit of a breather. So, we're going to head to some commercials. Um, feel free to change the channel if you want. But... In the meantime... If you do, maybe the island will move in the meantime, and we won't be here when you come back. We won't. Um, but put on your calendars the last week. And welcome back to C-SPAN Radio, where today we're taking deep dives into the world of corporate America to see how businesses truly run and the gears that drive our great country. Today, we're looking specifically at the Girl Scouts of America. Let's take a look into the board meeting as they pitch new cookie ideas. All right, everybody, I'm really glad that you came here today. Uh, it's a big day for us. As you know, we've got a whole new product line coming out. And uh, so we've brought in an advertising company uh, to really pitch us some new titles. I know, Tim, this is something that you were really supportive of. Uh, so I'm going to hand it over to them. We've got Ronald, Ronald with the uh, Ace Marketing Agency. So what, what's what's going on, Ronald? Well, uh, hey guys, you know, as you know, the Girl Scouts are a big deal in this country. Mm -hmm. We love the Girl Scouts. We love the cookie. So we've got some grand ideas that we think are, are going to really knock your socks off today. So uh, uh, your, your name is Tony, right? Great. Well, and, and your name is Chance. Chance. Great. Awesome. Well, Chance, what I'd like to pitch for you today is we all you, know... You can you can call me Mr. Strong. Okay, Mr. Chance. Um, we know that people love Thin Mints. 
We go crazy for Thin Mints. People go crazy for Thin Mints. Our grand idea for you today is Fat Mints. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 100% cholesterol and mint. Uh, look, Ronald, um, I took your advertising agency on under the impression that you guys were the best. And I don't know. Can you just explain to me how you think this is in line with the Girl Scouts of America's kind of motto of fitness and happiness and really kind of having our younger generation of girls and women grow up to be strong, independent individuals? How how eating what would basically be an obese biscuit <laughs> would enhance their life? That's a great question, Mr. Chance. Um our next That's idea. Strong. It's Mr. Strong. Our, our next idea, actually, let's let's you know, fat mints is a bad idea. This is a bad idea. So our next idea, we really think it's got some fire to it, and, I, and pun intended, Mr. Chance. Okay, so uh, we've got. You know what people love nowadays? Hot stuff. Our new, our, our next grand cookie idea: saucy sriracha. It'll put the burning in the girls. Uh huh. I'm going to be honest, I'm laughing out of shock uh, because so far you've you've pitched me a lard cookie and now you're pitching me a cookie that will actually burn the mouths of people that eat them. Okay, okay. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying, Mr. Chance. Um, <clears throat> what? Okay, you know what? This is a saucy sriracha, not, 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 not your cup of tea. Uh, what I do think you'll like, though, is that if we have a cup of something else. Okay? Are you ready for this? All right, I'm going to give you one more. So, we've got... The Girl Scout oyster cakes. Tagline, they smell like you'd expect. I'm going to go ahead and stop you right there. I love it. <laughs> Bert's, All right, that was Bert's a... Sneeze Guards? Yeah, I mean, I think... Uh, Is that know, where we are now? They're a quality product, um, and they're made of non-flammable, I think it's inflammable, no, non-flammable, I don't remember, uh, plexiglass right. made from the cartilage of sea turtles. So they're extremely both environmentally friendly and environmentally aggressive. And uh, But the weird part is, so they're, so because I was listening to that commercial that as it was playing, and it basically said that they're, they really are pitching themselves to like salad bars, like the mm-hmm. sneeze guards, but they're non-see-through sneeze guards right so it's it's almost like the the way it sounded like that they were pitching it was that it just makes your salad a mystery it's a mystery salad because you don't know what you're getting underneath the sneeze guard but it does protect if people choose to sneeze on it everybody loves a mystery box that is true so. man abrams has it right yep. about salads <laughs> and not. movies and television and television Ugh. so all right. Well, I'm glad you're bringing these sponsors on. I uh, well, you know, I, I'm out. I'm out there. I'm out there with the people. Yeah. I'm out there with the market. I am out there uh, taking money from anyone who will give it. That's right. So, I saw, I did see you on the street corner the other day with the cup. Oh, just the like cup. Asking oh, I for... thought you meant my sign that said "God is dead." Oh uh, yeah. No, well, no. that too. But it was weird way that you wore that sign and then also had the cup asking for money. Right. Right. Well, my initial sign was the one from. Um, uh, die Hard with the Vengeance, and that did not go over well. Right? Uh, so. Yeah. No. No. That's not a. Uh, also considering <laughs> that you were. Yeah. No. That's not a good so, idea. So, uh, hard pass on that. Um. But yeah. No. I think it. I think it's good. And the more sponsors we get, the more fun we can have, and the more movies and television shows. I mean, we can primarily talk about. the more money we make. Yes. Because that's what it's really about. Yeah. Money. That's what we do this whole thing for. 
pretty it's much just we for are the money. greedy, greedy bastards. Yeah, that's it. That's it. And everybody knows if you want to be successful and make a ton of money, podcasting is the way to go. Podcasting or presidency. That's it. It's one of the two. <laughs> that's, that's just and to be honest, we're running for president that's in a couple only, years. So that's the only know. option. We're, we're just, on a dual ballot. We're just waiting on this douchebag to get no out. No vice president. just president and, pre- and co-president. <laughs> president <laughs> with a slightly smaller desk in the <laughs> Oval Office. <laughs> It's just going to be a rotating plat. We're going to rejigger the Oval Office so it just rotates. Right. We're going to put facing desks so we can see each other. Right. And it's just going to spin all the time. Sort of like a Metallica concert stage. I love it. And uh, it's going to be president and co-president. Yep. And that's going to be it. Yep. Co-president uh, of the world. have a little bit of a smaller sign than you. Right. And then you're going to wear your um, American flag button upside down. Exactly. Perfect. Yeah. That's how so it's just going to go. Great. Countries, countries. Vote for us. 2020. It's going to be awesome. Yep. High five for president. 2020. Presidents. Yeah. Sorry. High five High for presidents. <laughs> yes. Got it. Um, well, this uh, is going to feel like a very short break between this commercial and the next one. Yeah. Because we've already both ruined each other's number twos. Um, well, let's go over. What is our number twos again? My number two was How I Met Your Mother. The last the episode title lasts forever. Wow. Uh, which was your number five. Yeah. And then your number two was Roseanne. Was Roseanne. Right. And uh, that episode was called uh, I Don't Remember. Uh, the episode was called I Don't Remember or into, You Don't in, Remember. It was called Into the Good Night. Into the Good Night. Right. I don't remember. With a whimper and not a bang. Yeah. Um, and so we're basically to our number ones. I am curious if we have the same number. I am too. Uh, you you want to try and say it at the same time, and then if it doesn't work out, we'll just awkwardly segue back to you saying. Yeah, so we'll say the show on the count of three. All right, you ready? All right, one. Well, no, let's say it on the count of five. It's high five. Okay, so right. one, one, two, two. Wait, 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 one, two, three, four, five, and say it, or one, two, three, four. Say I don't know. It. Do you think it should be like one, two, three, four, say it, or do you think it should be one, two, three, four, five? say it or do you think we should one two three four five and then beat and then say it do you think we should just discuss which way we should say it instead of just saying it my uh let's do one two three four say it okay you ready so one two two, three three, four seinfeld Seinfeld. yay (laughs) high five five. (laughs) so let's just spend this uh let's do it commercial break or break in between commercials talking about the one of the greatest shows of all time that Agreed. Had one of the worst finales, not only finales, but worst episodes of television ever. Of all time. Yes, one hundred percent agreed. I I like that we've shared. This is two weeks in a row we've shared number ones. I know, um, and I'm actually okay with that because in this case, it's almost statistically proven that this is the worst finale of all time because it came from one of the greatest television series ever. It is in. It is always in my top lists of shows that are, in my opinion, the best shows that have ever been on television. Sure. Breaking Bad falls into that category. Um, Mad Men kind of falls into that. Don't category. give them all away because we probably yeah. want to do an episode on that. But um, Seinfeld, I'm not. I'm not ranking them sure. by any means. But Seinfeld is always in that category. on that list. It's, it is rewatchable. It was brilliant. It was groundbreaking for the time. Sure, absolutely. And. It was consistently good almost through its entire nine-season run. Sure. I said almost on purpose because they had some misses. Of course. Like when Kramer goes to L.A. and right. they think he's a murderer. Right. Like, okay. Still, I laugh every yeah, time. Yeah, it's still funny. But it's not to the caliber. But that show had so many monumental elements to it 
that to end the way that it did was so horrendous. It was so insulting. And there's a part of me that loves the beauty of the... Okay, for people who don't know, the yes. the last episode of Seinfeld is literally called the finale. Yep. Which it's a two-part. In, in this case, it's not lazy because every episode of the show was the something. Right. The something. The so it made Nazi, sense that it should the be bet, the finale. The, the puffy shirt. The puffy shirt. The finale. It makes sense. Um, But the premise of the show is their plane gets grounded in an ov- overly nice town. Correct. To the point where it's basically illegal to be mean or rude. Right. And the premise of the show is they're all caustic New Yorkers and sure. always mean to everybody. So they make fun of a fat person and they get arrested. For the Good Samaritan Law. Yes. They're breaking the Good Samaritan For Law. For breaking the Good Samaritan Law. And then the last episode is just a rotating, hey, remember this character coming to give character witnesses in their court case, which goes not in their favor and they get arrested and the show ends with them sitting in a jail cell together. A couple things about that. One, they'd never be in the jail cell together together Two, And you can say, Oh, it was a holding cell. Fuck you. It's still bad. (laughs) Right. Two, they ended with the conversation in the jail cell that they were having in the pilot at the, at the, at Al's diner. Right. Which to me, I get, okay. Sure, cool. it's a bookend. It's a bookend. But because that element was really cool, the fact that everything else sucked made it so much worse. Sure. So this is both of our number one, so this is a conversation here. So you you, you say some yes. stuff too. No, so basically it, it was it's absolutely along the same lines. It was one of those, now I will say Seinfeld is a show that I picked up much later in life. So yeah. I came to Seinfeld way after the show had gone off the air. And I would even say it was only in the last couple of years that I really blazed through everything. So I can't say that it was a seminal show that I just grew up on and had this nostalgic love for. I did. And I credit my dad for that too, because he was a huge Jerry Seinfeld stand-up fan. So when it was on, he would have me watch it. I didn't really get it until I was later, until I was later in sure. life. But I remember laughing at it and remember loving it in my early years. So then when I revisited it, it has both a nostalgic and a new I experienced this for the first time quality. And see, I'm almost jealous of that because I mine had no nostalgia attached yeah. to the viewing. Mine was purely just off of a this is a very well done show mm-hmm. um that's very funny filled with an extremely talented cast oh, man. and an extremely amazing and talented roster of guest stars that would come on and I mean come, Brian Cranston I mean, come on he's You great literally in it. it's kind of one of those things where uh so uh I occasionally have this game I don't know if you've ever played this but it's it's if they have ever been on um on uh the hell is that show? Seinfeld? Nope. Uh, hold on. Law and Order. Oh. <laughs> because everyone's been on Law and yeah. Order at some point. So literally, you can. it's like six degrees of separation with Kevin Bacon. Everybody can be traced back to, oh, they played a rapist on Law and Order <laughs> SVU, or oh, they played that you know informant guy it that was on. It does feel like that, especially because so many people came from that show to go on to do great things. I mean, Putty is one of the best side characters in the whole run of Seinfeld. Absolutely. And Patrick Warburton is in everything now. Exactly. Uh, most notably, The Tick. 
<laughs> not really known for anything else except notably. for that very short-lived not live the, action. Not sitcom. the remake from Amazon that's going to be no. very good. The no, no, original one. The original live action, which is fantastic, and I own on DVD because it's wonderful. Well, yeah. Um, but no, it it was another one of those where, and also like Friends, mm-hmm. where you're just like, they were on this. Oh yeah. man, they were on. The, look at, <laughs> I can't believe, like, look at all these people. Um, and I mean, you had Jerry Stiller as um, George Costanza's what a great cast dad, which is perfect. Um, but th- it was just this amazingly. I don't even know how to describe it. Amazingly well done and well thought out right. and well executed comedy. Like this is comedy craft at its finest. And I've had to introduce people to the show because they were turned off by the premise of, oh, it's a show about nothing. And I don't truly think people understand how groundbreaking that was for the early 90s. Sure. Because every show had to have a very specific a gimmick. gimmick or logline. A sitcom, I mean, it's situational comedy. So everything is like, oh, I, was, uh, I have two dates tonight. Or, oh my goodness, my mother-in-law's coming in town and has to stay with us and blah, blah, blah. And there were always, there was these gimmicks and everything had to be so overdone. Seinfeld was groundbreaking in that it basically said, None of that has to happen. We can be funny with four people talking and then having situations happen around them. Right. One episode that I always come back to when I when I bring this up as a as an example of a seminal television show is the episode where the entirety of the episode, it's a real-time episode that takes place on them waiting for a table at a Chinese restaurant for 26 minutes. Yep. It takes place in real time. They never leave the restaurant, and it's funny throughout. Where it's, wh- whether it's George waiting for the phone call and rushing over, right. like no one will get off the phone, or Elaine being so hungry that she's willing to take bets on stealing food from people's tables and then having to justify it to them, or that Jerry desperately wants to get to the showing of Plan 9 from Outer Space because it never plays. It's the worst movie. Time. Right. Or that like, was a pretty solid Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> Thank you. He's here. Um That's I, that's what I was saying. I was talking yeah. to Jerry. Yeah. I was like, "Hey, that's you're doing a pretty good yourself." Thank you. <laughs> um It's just so great and no one was doing that. No one did that. No. No, because like you said, everything had to have a gimmick. Yeah. And so it absolutely was was cutting edge. Now, for me, it took a bit of that cutting edge off because that has been adopted by so many shows now. Oh, I mean, How I Met Your Mother, we've talked about it, is that cribs from that. Actually, How I Met Your Mother cribs from Friends, which Friends Definitely. cribs from Seinfeld. Exactly. And nowadays, almost every show is, hey, this is just everyday Joes being funny in real life. Like the Carmichael show is kind of like that. A very good show. Sure. But it's very much of that vein. So it's hard I, I kind of almost wish to a certain extent mm. that I would have been able to watch the show as it aired and right. been an adult to understand the humor as I was watching the show as right. it aired because I feel like it would have been even more mind blowing then. like what is happening? Like, right. I've never seen anything like this. And that's one of the things about Seinfeld that honestly hurts my soul when I introduce it to new people or when I talk to people that are younger than me or that are just finding it on like reruns or syndication. I think it's on Hulu now in its entirety. It is. And I've been watching it. Um, But the idea that we're so used to it now 
as it not coming off as groundbreaking as it is. It's almost exactly. like when you introduce someone to The Exorcist. And sure. you're like, hey, this was one of the scariest movies of all times. And they watch it and they're like, I've seen better special effects. It's like, of course you have, but you wouldn't have had this movie not existed. Right. Like, this movie sent people into panic attacks when it first came out. you got to remember, this came out in 1976. Like, right. this came out in the early 90s. Seinfeld came out in the early 90s. This didn't exist. But see, unfortunately, that's kind of just one of those byproducts of cutting-edge stuff, is it's only cutting-edge for so long. I know. And then it becomes adopted by everything else around it. And then, a lot of times, that shine gets worn off, and people are just like, eh, I don't yeah. care. The great thing about Seinfeld and the reason to me that it um, is one of my favorite shows ever is I don't think the shine wears off. I think it's still funnier and smarter than most things that try to crib from it. Oh, I, I, a whole, I so, wholeheartedly agree. But the problem is, as viewed through the lens of somebody who, and I can speak to mm -hmm. it, there was definitely where there were jokes that didn't hit as hard, as hard for me or bits that didn't hit as hard yeah. for me. Until I actually thought, like, sat back and thought right. about it. Because I had seen similar situations mm. and similar things in other shows, so it didn't didn't matter. But then once I would kind of sit back and ruminate on it and talk to people about it. Or some of their, like, sports references from New York of people that haven't played in 20 years. Right. Et cetera, et cetera. And it would kind of remind me that this was a product of its time. And then when I thought about it in that perspective, it definitely would add to it. Yeah. But yeah, unfortunately, I feel like unless you have a nostalgic pull or or leaning towards Seinfeld already, mm -hmm. it is unfortunately a very difficult show to get into now. Which is sad. That it just, is sad. It hurts me. But it's the truth. Yeah. You know what I mean? I could say out of 20 listeners right now, if we were to tell that you know none of them had seen Seinfeld, if we were to tell all of them to watch Seinfeld, I would say probably about half would get into it and half would be like, it's okay. yeah, it's all right. It's funny. I've yeah. seen it's. Uh, yeah, it's, it's funny. I've seen this yeah. before, but it's funny. <laughs> yeah. And that that's the problem. You know what yeah. I mean? Is unfortunately you can't recreate that lightning in a bottle you know yeah. what i mean it, it's it's already happened once you take the lid off you can't get it back in the jar it's you know true. what i mean and it's a lot like jelly <laughs> it's very much so like jelly once once that lid's off and it's dumped all it, over your naked writhing body it's not going back in that jar it's not going back in and the if jar. it's going back in there it's gonna be a little hairy yeah 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 so so now that we've talked about how great we look in jelly was oh, oh yeah no the how great seinfeld was let's talk about this ending let's talk about this what we're here for this ending, I I do not take lightly the task at hand. How do you end a show that had no through lines? Sure. How do you wrap up a show that was technically about nothing? Nothing. I get it. It's a hard task. But they did, they've they proved to me over time, time and time again that they have the writing chops to bring this around and that Larry Charles can direct the shit out of something. Sure. You've shown that to me over the years. So to basically have it be... An aggrandized clip show after they had a clip show. Right. How do you justify that? Yes. A clip show that ended with Time of Your Life from Green Day. Right. Come on. How do you justify basically having essentially the same thing? It's like, hey, remember this guy? Hey, remember this guy? Hey, remember this guy? I, yes. Yes, I do remember right. those guys. What else are you going to do? And then they were like, we're going to put them in a jail yeah. cell. 
We talked about this sort of on our uh, on our um, other TV episode about Futurama. Yeah. That was supposed to be the series finale. And would have been <laughs> beautiful. And they brought everybody back to the opera house and everybody had their little in an a w- In a way that was appropriate. Yes. I am totally fine with a, hey, remember this guy, if it's the focal point isn't on that guy. If everyone had been brought together for some reason... Maybe like Jerry has a television special and he's, or maybe he's, you know, going on tour and coming back and doing a show at Carnegie Hall in New York City. And some people are going to support him and some people go because they hate him. Right. You know, can I pitch a really out there ending? Yeah, please do. All right. So I'm going to pitch to you a really out there ending because I was thinking about this. Or do you want to save it for our fix that ending game? Uh, I don't know how to play that game yet, so I don't know. Should I save it? For Basically, what we're going to do is we're going to draw names of some shows that we've submitted out of a hat, uh-huh. and you're going to have 30 seconds to pitch a better ending. Uh, yes. I mean, we can save it, okay. but I don't know that I'm going to draw it, but I hope I do. Cause... So, And if we don't, well, I'll, you'll do yours. We Maybe we each pitch for each show. Okay. Yeah, I like it. Okay. Okay. So save that. Um, but yes, let's talk. Well, one thing about this, um, are you going to talk about Curb Your Enthusiasm? Yeah. Okay. I was. Do you do that? So then? yeah. So uh, that's kind of one of those things that now I I don't know a lot about Kirby Enthusiasm. I've only watched the first two seasons of it, um, not because I didn't enjoy it, but because one of those things I have a really bad habit of starting a show yeah. and then if and like this show does, if there's a long hiatus in between, right. sometimes I just fall off. And unfortunately, that show airs very irregularly. My pitch about Curb Your Enthusiasm is it's basically HBO's version of Seinfeld. It's the exact same show. I mean, it's 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 Larry David being Larry, Larry David, David living off the success of Seinfeld. Exactly. <laughs> so I mean, which was basically Seinfeld I mean, it's Larry David being like they're the same person. You know what I mean? It's the same kind of thing. It's just this neurotic kind of like ununderstanding person who just these things in life just happen around him. You know what I mean? And he just it's him reacting to them. A lot of it. Yeah. So but talk about the Seinfeld. Oh, yeah, yeah. The ending. Yeah. Okay. This was, <laughs> I'm like, I, what do you want me to talk about now? I know. I, well, I'm a big fan of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yeah. And I love that even Larry David acknowledges that this series finale was not good. Mm-hmm. So much so that he basically recreated it in season seven of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Right. And it was great. It I heard about that. I haven't great. seen it, though. I, I've I watched that series. Um, every every series of Curb Your Enthusiasm, unlike Seinfeld, has a running arc. Okay. So it's either he's adopted a family and things are going wrong, or he's working on a Broadway play and he's you know insulting Matthew Broderick and um, David Schwimmer, or you know he's trying to do this. Season seven of Curb Your Enthusiasm is him putting together a reunion show of Seinfeld. And he has to go convince each of the actors to be a part of it. And he has to deal with the fallout of Michael Richards being kind of public pariah. And then the very f- last episode of that season is an episode of Seinfeld as everyone in the Curb Your Enthusiasm universe is watching it. Excellent. And it's great. Okay. It's really, really good. Okay. It makes it, it's the it's the finale I wish it had had. Well, then I I'm gonna have to go watch that because yeah. I'm very very interested in that. <laughs> because I mean, like I said, it, unfortunately, I think that's a perfect place to start to to leave this off because, um, unfortunately, there's just not a lot good about 
the finale of this. There's not. There's really nothing that happens. And I know that seems like it should be in line with the show, but it's not. It's yeah. just nothing happens. There is no sort of anything about anything. And now these characters, in a very nonsensical way, are just left dangling in yeah. purgatory. And that's it. And they're just like, okay, bye. And that's just not satisfying it's in not. any way. It just wasn't a satisfying ending. And it seemed it seemed very out of place for the series. Yeah. It seemed very shoehorned. It almost felt like it was written by people who had never watched Seinfeld before. Right. And just knew like the care, like they knew from a very like ancillary point of view, like, it's like, yeah, there's a soup. Nazi. Yeah. There's a soup Nazi. We should have him in it. Right. Yeah. And we should have like all of these. And, and then there was a girl where Jerry didn't know her name. Right. And then how did they start the show? Oh, they were having this conversation in the diner. We'll just end it on that. Yeah. It was, it, that's what it felt like. It felt like people who were just brought in who didn't understand the show or write for the show. And they just, churned out yeah. a very basic like well i guess this ends it so now they're in jail yeah okie doke yeah i just it makes me sad and, and and makes me angry to think about because it is such a high echelon for me in television it's one of the best shows it's ever television history and to have that bad of a finale that's why it's number one on my list hands down there's no question ever when i was putting this together that was always number one Always. Well, I, and I think that's admirable. And it was your number one, too. It was. So We shared our number one. Yay. Do we each want to go back through our list? Yeah, please do. Okay. So um, <clears throat> this is Jay's list from uh, number five. Give it to me, Jay. Number five, St. Elsewhere, episode called The Last One. Number four, Weeds, episode title, It's Time. Number three, Dexter, episode title, Remember the Monsters. Uh, number two, How I Met Your Mother, episode title, The Last Forever. And number one, Seinfeld, episode title, The Finale. I enjoy it very, 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 very much. Um, all right. So my number five is How I Met Your Mother, The Last Forever. Uh, my number four, this is Q, by the way. Uh, my number four uh, was uh, The Sopranos, um, which is Made in America. And my number three was Lost, which is The End. And then my number two was Roseanne, yeah. which got spoiled before the episode <laughs> even started. And then my number one is uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm. <laughs> <laughs> no, my number one is Seinfeld, the finale. So awesome. Great lists. I had a really fun time talking with you about uh, TV shows that sucked, that did not stick the landing, so to say. Totally. Um, and when we come back from break, we're going to play a game called Fix That Ending. We're going to try and stick this fucking gonna, landing. We're going to each get a chance to say what they should have done. I'm into it. So, um, you know, as we always say, make a note to lock in the last Wednesday of every month. Because sure. Q and I are pr perform live at the Crying Wolf in East Nashville, where we host Bill Murray Bingo and every single month. So much fun. So much fun. There's prizes. It's a free game. There's booze. Drink, it's at a bar. And there's people that are in love Bill Murray, and there's people that love movies, and, and we're there. And if you like us, we are there. We, yeah. And if you don't like us, we're still there, so don't come. And then every every now and then I'll have my uh, stunt stand-in go, and it's a, it's a, you know, right. someone else. But the secret is stunt stand-ins actually be Arthur. It, live and in person, which is an impressive feat. <laughs> yeah. But now we're going to go to commercials, and when we come back, we're going to play a game. So stick with us just a little bit longer, and we'll wrap up this finale. Yay, games. Yay, games.
Coming this July, Farts in the Rain, starring Eddie Redmayne and Julia Louis-Dreyfus. And grab yourself a Kurt Schlitzner White Power Ale. Bugs and rats and poop and garbage. Come on down to the everything you never thought you wanted store. No, Judy, I don't care how much you tell me you like focaccia. If you think it smells bad, wait till you lick it. We're right off Highway 96, right next to that tire factory that burned down and is still burning down. Do you hate waiting for the end of the movies? We do too. So we'll just tell them. Bruce Willis was dead the whole time. You like that? There's plenty more where that came from. Spoilers are us. You know, I got me one of them smart dryers. And I can set it with my cell phone, but it murdered my grandmother. Michael Bay. And Jesus came down and laid his hands upon you and said, You shall not be able to walk because you do not believe in God. I got nothing. Out of ideas. I've never understood what any time pizza ointment is, but I guess that's what they're pushing so the kids like it anytime pizza ointment i will tell you what they have given us a whole bunch of money (laughs) so i'll take it it's fine do it i i'm still like i said i'm with you or like you said i'm with you i don't know what it's for but hey it's anytime if it brings in the bucks it's anytime it is anytime all right you ready to wrap up this long episode with a game (laughs) i am let's wind this down should we just end our show (laughs) (laughs) soprano style (laughs) yeah that would be really funny (laughs) Um, but yeah, no, we've got a quick game where each, we've each picked two shows. Yep. Most of them from our list. Correct. On shows that we think we can pitch a better ending to. Yes. So I'm going to pick one randomly up from our pile. I call this fix that ending. Okay. And I have my gigantic stopwatch. Perfect. Uh, and we each get 30 seconds to pitch the ending of a show and we each have to do it for each show. Okay. So two minutes will be done. And the first one, first one is Seinfeld. Ooh. You said you had an ending for this. Okay. And I'm going to start your timer now. All right. So for Seinfeld, my ending is that since everything just kind of happens around the characters, that the series finale will be the apocalypse happening (sighs) around them. And it's just them kind of dealing with it and trying to get their lives in order prior to the world ending. So it's like a definite nuclear holocaust or an. I think it's like an like an asteroid like impending. Like you have X amount of time before the world ends, so that way they can just discuss it. I love it. That was right (laughs) on the money. Right at thirty seconds. I would totally watch that. Yeah. Now it feels a little otherworldly. It does for the show, but hey, otherworldly shit happens in life. Right. I'm totally fine with that. Okay, so my my ending, I sort of alluded to this anyway, but I'll give it in 30 seconds. So the whole show is based around Jerry Seinfeld uh-huh. and his friends, and throughout the course of the show, he's you know been on the Tonight Show and he's given gone on stand up tours and he's always flying. And the last episode is him getting a big gig and flying them out. So instead of that, he gets a big gig, becomes really famous, comes back to New York and does a show at Carnegie Hall. Everybody gets front row seats that's in his family. His family's there. Everybody's family's there. And then everyone that he's wronged throughout the course of the show is in the audience trying to ruin the show for him. Yep. I like that one as well. So that'd be the end of the show is him dealing with hecklers and the soup Nazi's a heckler and um, the dentist is a heckler and the all the girls that he's dated are hecklers. And then, his, and then J- J- Jerry Stiller 
has issues going on and won't be quiet. Someone brings a Pez dispenser. I love it. I love it. I like that better than mine. You win. Yay. Okay, so that was Seinfeld. Love it. Next is Lost. Ooh. Okay, and since I said I had an ending to this show, yes. I, will, I will go first. Yes, please go. You ready? Yes. 30 seconds starting now. I'm assuming people know how the show started and how the show ended. Okay. My theory, my way to end the show is that throughout the last two seasons, all the characters get killed off one by one. Mm-hmm. There is no afterlife. There are no flash sideways. And the very end of the show is Jack. The main character mm-hmm. is Jack, right? Jack getting shot, closing his eyes, and then waking up. And he's on the plane from the beginning. Thinks the whole thing's a dream. And then the plane starts to shake. And it cuts to black. Uh, I like it. I like it, kind of. I know it's sort of the it's everything a was a dream right. cheat, but maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was a flash sideways, flash forward, That's or true. a premonition. The series does happen to have um, flash. It plays a lot on memory. flashbacks and time travel-y kind mm-hmm. of stuff, so definitely could have been like a... And things and dreams don't always have to have answers or make sense. Right. And it could be sort of like the... Oh, ha ha, it was all a dream, but then it actually happens and it's on a constant loop. Yeah, I like that. So, okay, now your turn to end Lost. Fuck. In 30 seconds. Fuck. Go. All right, so, uh, all right, all the characters show up in a diner. Uh, Everybody's talking to each other, everybody's greeting each other, Um, everybody's kind of looking around. Uh, You hear the door open. And then everything just cuts to black. <laughs> I like it. Very poetic. And then it all ties back to uh, when on the plane, uh, Jack had said that uh, he was afraid of dying. But he didn't because that never happened. <laughs> it felt real. Yeah. Everyone believed it. Yeah. Okay. So that was it. The next one, 30 seconds for Quantum Leap. You <laughs> get to go first. All right. I'm ready. Go. All right, Dr. Sam Beckett is spending his entire entirety of his show jumping into people's lives and making them better, right? Well, Sam Beckett jumps into his own life, and that is how he makes it back. So it's not even that he manages to quantum leap out of his situation. He just quantum leaps back into himself prior to him taking the initial leap, and that's his correcting the past. God damn it, that was mine. Was it really? That was legitimately <laughs> the ending that I was going to say is that he quantum leaps into himself as a child. Yes. Well, I didn't go as far as the child, but in the past prior yeah. to him making the initial jump. Yep, that's I'm not even going to I'm not even going to pitch because that's the winner. That's the way that show should have ended is him leaping into himself and fixing his life. Yep. That's the problem From where that it he's had fixing. derailed. That's that's it. That's the winner. Win. <laughs> Thank you. Woo. All right. And uh, this is our last one, Dexter. Ooh, okay. So we kind of already did it, but we I'll did. Take a, I'll take a first step. Why don't at we? It. Hey, uh, let's let's stretch the rules a little bit. Let's do sixty seconds. Why don't you pitch for the first thirty, and then I'll finish your pitch. So we'll kind of okay. we'll, we'll tag team the pitch. I like that. I is that like cool? It. I like it. Let's Eiffel Tower the shit. Out of this let's pitch. do it. You ready? Here we're gonna high five the whole time. <laughs> We li- I know it's a podcast. <laughs> Guys, we're we're, really, we're yeah. totally just touching hands. Right All right. Now. Ready? Go. And go. So the final season of <laughs> the final season of Dexter follows Dexter against uh-huh. a killer, another serial killer. Okay. But what ends up happening is it dr- it turns things around to the fact where he has to acknowledge what he's been doing before he can acknowledge how to stop this guy and Deb 
has to chase down and arrest Dexter to make him confront what he's done. She has to. Okay. So we're right at about 30, so I'm going to pick up here. So once Deb does that and she chases him down and she and she catches him and he does confront what he did, the last half of the season is going to consist of his kind of trial and they can even bring about like referencing the past of the show and then the series ends with him getting the death penalty which ultimately results in his death being his final kill in his box and Deb takes a slide of his blood and puts it in his box. I I think that's beautiful. I think that we is, just totally high five touch tips the whole time. We were doing I, that. I actually I kind of want to talk about that too okay. because I love that ending of the only way that Dexter can stop someone another serial killer is by taking their place and killing himself through Deb to save her in some way. Right. So he goes to trial. He gets the death penalty. The his last kill is himself for the greater good. Right. And. As he either lethal injection or electric right. chair, or whatever, probably lethal injection is Miami. Um, he, he's smiling, yeah, because he's finally calmed that demon. Sure, and it's sad, but the only way that he's he killing done, his dark passenger. Yes, the only way that he can escape that dark passenger is by killing it and himself, right, and leaving the reins to Deb to. Right, make Miami and a better I, place. And like I said, uh, with that, I even like. I know it's a little on no, on the nose, but I like the concept of him arranging to have a slide from his blood sent to with Deb. the box to Deb, and and her kind of completing that. So it's his last kill. It's the last for himself slide in the box too. Right, and that's kind of it. And Man, that's that would and have then, been so much better. And than then the box a, closes, black screen. That would have been so much better as than him as a lumberjack. <laughs> Anything would be better <laughs> than Michael C. Hall as a lumberjack. So um, we have reached the end. Uh, I think at this point it's probably good to have people follow us on social media. Um, honestly, one of the things that's big for us is if you like the show, go on SoundCloud, go on iTunes, give us a good rating. It yeah. helps us. Share get, it with your friends, yeah, too. It helps us get more listeners. It helps to let the systems know that, that we're doing things that people care about. So that, that goes a long way for us, and it means a lot to us. And we actually read all the reviews, so all make of fun them. of us. Um, also, if you want to find us on social media, we're on Facebook at High Five the Podcast. We're on Twitter at High the Number Five the Podcast. We're also on Instagram. Uh, we actually have a Letterboxd account as well. So if you want condensed versions of these lists, if you want to see our movie reviews for things that we're watching and seeing on the side, um, that one's picking up a lot of steam when we're playing a lot of catch up there. How so do you sp- the, how do you spell that though? It's a little different, right? Is uh, it's letter. And then B-O-X-D. Okay. So it's basically exactly how it sounds like it'd be spelled without the E before the D. So letter B-O-X-D dot com. com. And then just look for High Five, the podcast on there. Um, you know, we we want to... It's a very cool site. Yes. So we want to engage with you guys on there. Follow us, like our reviews, submit reviews to us. Yeah, you can um, always email us at my five at high five podcast dot com. And, uh, and we're just going to, you know, keep this thing going. And, you know, if I'm hearing the, the kind of the dinner bell ring, right? Yeah. And that's a wrap, everybody. Cut, Casper. That's a wrap. Cut, printed. What happens in the next reel? Cut. Okay, that's a print. Okay, cut. That's a wrap. That's a wrap, people. Now let's get the hell out of here.